Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. It's hump day, my favorite day of the week. I heard that we have an odd hump day. Listen, guess what today is? It's hump day. (laughs) (laughs) I am that camel. It is hump day. It is Wednesday, everybody. I am coming to you super baby face. I have not put on mascara. I have not put anything really on my face. I look like I am 12 years old. So (laughs) that's where we are. That's where we are. What's up, everybody? I'm Ashley Nicole Moss. As usual, I have my gang with me. No, Brandon Marshall has still not graced us with his presence, but that's okay. I'm holding down the fort on paper route, which is now called the Ashley Nicole Moss Show. So welcome. (laughs) I got Corey in the cut. I got Wu in the West. I got BC in the back. Is is the mysterious Mander Legend with us today? He's remote. Okay. We got Mander Legend somewhere in the world. We got all the homies holding it down on the West Coast. Shout out to JP. Shout out to the whole social team. And we got a full house today. Yes. We got D-Jack joining us in the first hour. In there the second is. hour, we got Let's Antoine Walker. It's going to be a cool day because it's hump day. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yo, can we get a shout out to D-Jack's shirt, though? That's tough. That's a message right there. Morals oh, yeah, not for Come sale. on, man. We don't, we don't do that. Oh, that's tough crowd. That's tough crowd. Is that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I'm yeah. familiar with Shout that. Shout out brand. my nigga Brandon Jennings, man. Excuse my language, but you know, yeah. yeah. Shout out my G. <laughs> yeah, no, facts. I got a, I got a cop a shirt. We can, we can curse on this show. It's okay. Yeah, and no, I, DJ, you know, I know you play. I, I, I okay. don't, I'm a good guy. Yeah, no, <laughs> nah, DJ, I know, okay. you, I know you be playing video games and whatnot. My 2K player decked out in Tough Crowd. I ain't going to lie. Tough crowd. Yeah, tough they, got, they, got, they got tough crowd in there. Okay. They got tough yeah, crowd in two K. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's a big. That's a big shout out to to, to Jennings, yo. He's doing a good thing. I like that. I brand, like that. Man. Yeah, yeah. That's what's sure. I'm gonna have to buy one of those. That looks that looks fly. Is he has a website yeah. or is it like on IG? Nah, you know, you, you gotta have the inner connection. You know what I'm saying? You okay, gotta, so you you're my inner in. you're my inner connection. I'm gonna tap you to get. Well, well, that sounded crazy. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> I'm gonna tap in with you <laughs> to get what. See how one letter could make the difference. And like well, a whole word can make the difference. Difference. But uh, we got some news of the yeah, day, Corey. Let's shift gears a little yeah, bit. Yeah, before we before we hit that, I just want to give everybody a look at the show. Yo, stay tuned because we're going to put together our ultimate wide receivers today. That's going to be fun. That's going to be real fun. The other day, me and Ashley did our ultimate quarterbacks. We got you DJ won. going today. You won that, by the way. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, my quarterback was like that. You know what killed me was I used Dak Prescott's legs. That's really what it was. And what we're telling people is that they have to come and watch the show, rewatch the show. To you, really you understand. You gave a good explanation. Yes, right? for people I, I who didn't watch the show, so you guys can kind of get an idea. 
idea of what the segment's going to be later on with mm-hmm. D-Jack is basically we take parts of different – at this time it was parts of different quarterbacks active, that we – active quarterbacks and wanted to go ahead and put together our ultimate quarterback. So I put together Patrick Mahomes' mind. Mm-hmm, I had mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers' arm. I had Justin Herbert's torso. Yeah, like his body type. His body type, 6'6", 236, big guy. And I used Prescott's legs, and everyone was, like, clowning me. But my (laughs) rationale wasn't because I was building him for speed. Mm -hmm. I was building him for strength. Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott have some of the strongest legs in the NFL, super bulky on the bottom. It's hard to bring them down. That was my rationale. Mm -hmm. But I still got cooked because you know how the (laughs) Dallas Cowboys do publicly. So. It's okay. So, I can redeem myself today. I feel like I got right, the best yeah, wide receiver today. It's solid, but but yeah, like like we said, stay tuned for that. And we're also going to talk about Josh Jacobs and you know what his situation currently is. But yeah, let's start off with some news of the day. So how about this? I want to get your thoughts on this, DJ. NBC could potentially broadcast NBA games. So what this means is that we could possibly have. After Sunday night football games, Sunday night basketball games. No, so it won't be after. No? It'll be after the NFL season that oh, really? NBA will start broadcasting games on Sunday. Oh, yeah. that's boring. I thought I was, I thought no, I was going to No, because think about that, Corey. Sunday night football ends at like 11 o'clock at night. I know. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah, I was, no. was, was going to say that was going to be tough to No, 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 no. Really? It'll be oh, after man. the NFL yeah, season. I, I, Maybe After I'm just Sunday night football. Yes. I'd be over. It'd be wraps. You know, like, you would, <laughs> I think so. It's bedtime. East Coast or West Coast. Yeah. So I was like, for that to be like after the game, I. I didn't think that was going to be possible. But, yeah, after after the football season's over, I think that would be dope for okay. NBC to host NBA uh, Sunday Night Basketball. Fair for man. me, you know, I, I love the NBA. And, you know, I feel like the, the best time of sports is when NFL and NBA kind of overlap. Right, like right. Once the NFL is over, then you just got basketball. Kind of, I ain't going to say it'd be boring, but it's not as entertaining as when you have both seasons. So, for that to be worked out, I think NBC is is a big network, and you know, for them to host the games on on Sunday night, I think that'd be dope. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but when they announced this, I could literally hear the theme song. Now, Corey, I know you don't, you're not hit to things <laughs> of the past, <laughs> but for those of us who can remember, uh-huh. um, the NBC on um, the NBA on NBC theme song was dope. It mm-hmm. was nostalgic. I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously I wasn't around to see Jordan and stuff, but people would rush home after church to watch Michael Jordan play on like NBC. It's cool. It's very nostalgic. And I think, you know, people are hungry for a different broadcast. You know what I mean? We talk about NBA on TNT, which is great with those guys. You know, some people are not big fans of the ESPN broadcast when it comes to the NBA. They don't feel like it's enough. Um, basketball talk it's more Mm -hmm. like ads and only like five minutes of um, analysis so this gives people another opportunity to dive into basketball with a fresh crew and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm excited listen if y'all need sideline reporters call your girl just (laughs) saying yo no but can y'all hear me out though because I I feel like I'm bamboozled because I was actually you know excited at the idea that I could you know have some late night NBA basketball no. right Corey, after Sunday night. You're football. watching basketball at 12 o'clock at night on a Sunday. Till 2 well, so a.m. I feel like it right. wouldn't be. I feel like it wouldn't be at 11. I feel like they can get. They could do something with the NFL. And this is what JP was saying. This is one of our social producers. He's like, why would the NFL? Oh, that's right. Give Take advice from JP. Money? No, 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 no. He was on your side of things actually, and I had to. I had to really defend my thoughts and ideas on it. So I'm like, maybe they push football up a little bit, maybe to like seven as opposed to maybe no. like those Sunday night games at eight. Push it up to seven. And then what are we doing during the regular season anyway, watching like those late night West Coast games? They starting at 10 anyway. So I'm yeah, like, but find you're a not, way. 
find a way to start that time. Like maybe I'm just a night owl. Maybe but you're I not gonna put up. only. I, I you're up. not gonna put only West Coast games on that that schedule though. Well, when, what I was thinking was it'd just be like when an East Coast team travels out to West. It has to be a marquee matchup, of course. Like it had to be like Lakers Celtics. But you're still talking about a game that's gonna end at like two o'clock in the morning, I one o'clock in the I morning like, like, on a Sunday at look, that. Look, if it starts at ten and ends at like twelve thirty, that's not bad. That's a reason a lot of people don't watch Denver Nuggets games or like Ooh. Laker games or Clippers like in, in totality. Like from like the they, East Coast, you said. Yeah, like it they'll gives, literally only watch the first half because at our time, it's like exhausting to watch it. It gives you more of an incentive on a Sunday night. And I want to hear it because what people want to say, are people getting ready for work? All these Sunday fun days that people have now. Sunday yeah, fun day is a early in the day thing. That's yeah, why they right. invented day drinking, Corey. Live, live on a Sunday? <laughs> Oh, I live haven't done a, live on a Sunday once I got an Sunday, actual job. Down here, yeah, right. I'm not, honestly speaking. <laughs> now, college Ashley, right, right, college right, right, Ashley right, right, would right. do live on Sunday and drive up to. True story. Before we move on, uh -huh, uh -huh. college Ashley used. To, I went to FAU. FAU is in Boca. Mm -hmm. Back in the Dizay, okay, I would party <laughs> live on Sunday. I was like in my early twenties. I was a true club Miami girl. <laughs> I would do. Play on Friday, dream on Saturday, Sheesh. live on Sunday, and I would do that almost every weekend. It was it was disgusting. <laughs> Yo, which is why when I hit twenty four, I was like, I don't even want to see the inside of a club. But that. true story, I would party, live on Sunday, and like I wouldn't leave the club until maybe like four or five in the morning. Mm -hmm. Drive up morning. to Boca, wow. shower, and go straight to my nine a.m. lecture class, what? um, public speaking class on zero sleep. Was Man, that like in a big auditorium? No, it was a small class, too. What? It was a class of maybe like 20 people, 25 people. Oh, no. It was one of my smaller classes at FAU. But I would do that with no sleep. Give wow. full-blown presentations, no sleep. I feel like that's wow. something you can only do up to 25. Oh, yeah. If I After tried that, to do that now, I'd be watched. Downhill. Wow. Yeah, you'd be recovering until Thursday. <laughs> correct, correct. It would have been it's bad. It's like a hangover after that. It would have been bad. It would have been bad. All right, yeah. moving on, guys. Cowboys. Now, this is according to the Athletics' John Machada. Hopefully I pronounced his name right. Cowboys are projecting to sign wide receivers uh, CeeDee Lamb to a deal in the range of $25 million to $30 million per year. Now, the highest paid receiver in the league, Tyreek Hill, he's paid $30 million per year. So just to kind of give you an idea of where that would place him. Now, if he was at the bottom of that range, that's still top five. If we go through the top five receivers right now, Devontae Adams, he comes in at 28 per year. DeAndre Hopkins, 27. Uh, Cooper Cup, 26, and then you got A.J. Brown at 25. You think uh, C.D. Lamb is, is worthy of that, d Ah, uh, man, um, I, I honestly like like the young fellas game, man. Uh, uh, C.D. Lamb has came in, um, you know, and, and put up some great numbers, been a, a big vocal uh, receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, as far as if I think he's worth that 25 to $30 million range, um, I would like to see a little more consistency from him. I feel like, you know, his hands are kind of, I wouldn't say suspect, but they're, they're not as consistent as I would like to see. His route running is, you know, I think top tier. Um, you know, for me being a, a receiver in the league once at a time, um, you know, I don't like to hate on anybody when it's time for them to get their money. So, you know, I definitely would encourage him to, to get whatever he's deserving of. But uh, just to put him in that top five, I, I don't think he's he's – quite ready for it but I, I love his game he has a lot of upside and I think he's he's a, a promising receiver coming up in the league so I, I definitely I would I would think he's around like the top 10 receiver in the NFL I, I, I think that's fair enough to say but um 
that that range of, of 25 to 30 i don't know if he's quite at that that point yet yeah it's a lot it's a lot what are, you, what are your thoughts on that ashley i agree in regard to what djack's saying and aspects i think if he does get that money it's going to be that word that he said upside mm -hmm. i think the dallas cowboys will be paying him on potential mm -hmm. instead of necessarily what he's done so far i agree he does need to be more consistent um as a wide receiver in in various areas but I think that he does have a lot of potential to get better. I think he will get better. Mm -hmm. And I think that if he does land in that range, it's going to be because you want to hold on to a talent like CeeDee Lamb as he gets better. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, you need to keep him happy. And to keep him happy, you have to pay him. So mm -hmm. um, I think that is he worth that right now? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. But is he going to be worth that? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that in that regard, you pay him in that range. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully we see him prove his worth next season. I mean, he is a dog. Like, but like yeah, Djax said, let's just see more of it. Let's just see some consistency. So, yep. Now I hear both of you guys there. But moving on, number one pick in the NBA draft, Victor Wembyama. Wemby. He's been in the gym. He's been in the gym. We got a clip of it, and believe it or not, he shares the same trainer as an NFL star. I know we got those clips for you guys. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. We're doing some good stuff. Let me skin your hair. Super skin. That's the only thing. Look like, at the size of his workouts, feet. Oh my god. I know. I know. I'm more worried about the size of his thigh right now. <laughs> his foot is like yeah, the size of my leg. Yeah. But I mean, like, like I said, he's, he's doing some good stuff. So hopefully, I mean, he's he's with the right guy because it. If, if you didn't know, the NFL star that he shares a trainer with is none other than King Henry. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So, so if it kind of makes sense that he that he chose that trainer. I know we got uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same one that that Derrick Henry works with. So, I mean, those little legs. I mean, maybe they might be looking a little bit more like King Henry's legs. You know, uh, more doubtful. That, that he works I mean, with him. I don't know. We'll doubtful. <laughs> he's not. He's not going to be. Not like he's not going to be Saquon. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. bigger. It's he's not going to be legs. squatting that. But Wemby at the draft did say that he is um, going to focus more on getting stronger mm -hmm. than necessarily bulking up mm -hmm. um i think that that ha i think the two are intertwined though i think that as you get stronger you naturally will bulk up in some way shape or form it's just you can't avoid it yeah. um you know he's gonna focus a lot on his core yeah. on his balance he's obviously not bulking up like an nfl player but mm -hmm. he does need to put on some weight because his game is a little bit different than kevin durant's mm -hmm. um and you don't want a career like chris that porzingis no you don't um so i would like but then again he's only 19. Mm -hmm. his metabolism and his body yeah, just as he grows he'll he's gonna out. naturally put on weight anyway when mm -hmm. i was 19 i was like a size zero mm -hmm. so like <laughs> now i'm no i'm not now you're a one <laughs> no i'm not a one but thank you um you know i think and you guys can speak to the same when you were 19 i'm sure you were a lot skinnier than what you are your body just changes so yeah it might be a little different with football players though i don't know because 19 i look he was like i was actually pretty big at 19. oh my it's god different. It's, different. I mean, it's, like, different. it's different everybody everybody's everybody different, different though yeah, yeah, yeah. i might be the same size as 19 right now yeah which is fascinating because you don't work out Hey, but I maintain this body, though. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, t to be honest, like, Wimby, to your point, Ashley, like, he's, he's going to be in the paint a lot more than somebody like a Kevin Durant, right? right. So he's going to have to at least put, put on, on something. Like, mm -hmm. I'd like to see at least 20 pounds maybe in the next in the next year or two. That, that'd be great. Maybe, is, is that too much, 20 pounds? 20 pounds in a year? That might be a lot. That might be a lot, right? What's his, what's his weight right now? Like yeah, what? Hold on. Yeah, how much, how much does he weigh? 
I got him weighing in right now at 209 pounds, but he's seven foot. Yeah, he's that's what I'm saying. Uh, he's 209, but it's stretched out to seven right. five. That's like that's like 180. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's like 180. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah it's I'm, tough, man. I would say two would to like, three would, years to put would, that kind of weight. I would on. like to see what he does with MB down there. MB gonna punk him. That's what I'm saying. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be he's scary. Gonna get, he's gonna get an elbow in his chest, like like Kevin Garnett used to. Ugh. Right. And I mean, and, right, it says he gonna fall out. <laughs> yeah, and then being in the West, I mean, the West might have, they might have some some be bigger, you know, bigger and better big men in the East. Because I mean, off the top of my head, I'm thinking Jokic, I'm thinking Anthony Davis. Like those are all centers yeah. that he's gonna have to see. And it, Stephen Adams, oh my God, like, hey, Wemby, yeah, Wemby. I'm glad he, I'm glad he chose Derrick Henry's uh, trainer. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's smart that. to go train for NFL. Yeah, he's right. Doing the right thing. <laughs> right, you right. might need to take a year off just yeah. to train. <laughs> yeah, not for real. Y'all be nice to Wemby. I don't like how you dissing my dog. I'm right just now. saying. I'm just saying. I, I just hope. I hope he pans out. But that's why he does have a shot. You know what I'm saying? So he's capable of really. You know, maybe buying himself some time in that department. And <laughs> do you think though? Because he has such good handle that yeah. like it almost feels like sometimes he might not be in the hole. Right. Like well, well that's nowadays, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think. I, like I don't big think men aren't really in the in Greg, that anymore. Greg, they, they go Greg Popovich, out. Greg Popovich isn't going to be allowing him to just pull threes. That that's just my opinion. I don't think he'll even allow yeah. him to have the ball in his hand for for that long. Like I don't think he's going to have the ball in his hand per se. They might they might call plays for him and whatnot because mm -hmm. he's he's going to be the man. He's going to be their guy. But no, nah, I don't I don't know. I just see him in the paint. I see I see him in yeah. the paint primarily. Just, you know just. Just at least earlier on in his career, just so he can establish himself, you know, feel feel like get a feel for the speed of the game and whatnot, the physicality of the game. I mean, we'll let's see. think about it this way though. Look at remember how skinny Giannis was when he came into the league. Yeah. Now he's a tr and now he's Joel. a tank. Yeah. Yeah. And like Joel. They're now both they're skinny. super diesel. So yeah. I mean, he has time. Yeah. We're right. Where did he get skinny? He's nineteen too. He's pretty young. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, moving on, guys. I don't know if you saw this, but Leonard Fournette, he's okay. But yesterday on the highway, his SUV caught on fire. I know we got like a little short clip of that. I, it's crazy, right? Like, what kind of car is that? I think it's a uh, a Dodge. What do they call it? Dodge Durango. A Durango. Oh, I can't even see the label. Yeah, and he used to train here too, man. And I, we had, he used to come to the facility it in the look same like car. A Dodge Durango. It's it's unfortunate he had those four Gs had to go though. Well, I mean, thank God he's okay, but that is but terrifying. Yeah. Like, yeah, he is. probably saw it smoking, and good for him to have the, oh, oh, my God. Wow. That's intense. I didn't see that. Is that due to, like, the heat wave that's going on down here? Yeah, like, I don't is question. It, how yeah, does, this, how does something know. like that even happen? I'm not a car person like that. Me how does that? I mean, I wish I had an answer for you, because he said he, it was while he was driving that his car. So was it the, heat, the, the, the heat of the like the heat wave mixed with like the heat of when you like drive your like your car and the engine like how does that yeah. even happen because it's not like it's some old vehicle where he probably was doing some work on it at home that's what i'm saying you know what i mean like this looks like a fairly new vehicle so and it's not an electric car so. and it's not an electric oh well i don't know uh well good thing that he's okay but uh moving on y'all wanted to get y'all's thoughts on this before we get into football bet we, we know we were talking about the bet awards uh, on monday yesterday we had a, a recap of the timbaland episode and whatnot and you know with it being the 50th anniversary of hip-hop but bt exploring uh, uh bringing back 106 in part that was such a good time period of my childhood i think it's what the culture mm -hmm. needs how, how y'all feel yeah I, I definitely feel like the culture needs it man uh 106 in part you know, I grew up loving the, uh, you know, the Freestyle Fridays. They always right. had, you know, when a AJ and Free first started off, 
Then you had Roxy and uh, TJ, and then you had Keisha and uh, and Lil, and Lil Bow Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, you know, back in the day when I was in, in my prime and I played in the NFL, I used to always go um, and host it. Sometimes, you know, they had an athlete of the week come over, and oh, yeah. you know, I built a great relationship with 106 Department. I, I always had a lot of fun, obviously, with the culture, mm-hmm. and um, you know, loving rap. You know, so for for me, I think the culture needs it. I, I think. The past what five six years of it being away mm-hmm. definitely changed a lot. So yeah, man, we need we need to see artists get back on there and absolutely and, and, and you know have some freestyle Fridays and perform live and con, you know live on stage. That like all oh, that stuff used to be it. It used to be the way, man, for sure. Absolutely, I feel like it's been a decade since it, we haven't had one hundred six in park. It's been a while. Yeah. I... It's been a while. I don't think it works. She's not the coach. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, no. I just don't think it works really in this why? day and age for a multitude of reasons. One, people don't watch TV anymore. Correct. Back mm-hmm. in the day, I used to run home from school to watch TRL and, and 106 in Park. Mm-hmm. That's not the vibe anymore. Yeah. It loses its same effect if it's on streaming, you know, because the whole thing was it, was, it happened in real time. Yeah. Um, and also... I, pe- artists don't put the same budgets behind their music, music videos, videos as they did. That now was, it's like yeah. they sometimes don't even release music videos for their songs, and if they do, no, it's no, like them st- in the club with a like. I, I gotta, I gotta stop you though. The big artists still are doing their videos. The big Not artists do. The big, yeah, the big artists do. So I mean, because they have like the, the most video. budget, but you're not going to see a Taylor Swift music video on 106 and Park. It was supposed to be for yeah, the culture. She's, she's she's not the culture. That's Taylor my point. <laughs> but how many artists yeah. part of the culture? Is that what and you're when saying? we talk the culture, we're talking about black people, yeah. Hispanic people, yeah, black culture, black, black culture. culture. How many artists are big enough to have a Beyonce budget behind their music videos? A lot of them don't. A lot of them drop their videos on World Star or YouTube, and they're very like guerrilla style videos. They're not <laughs> very much. They're not full blown productions like they were back in the day. The money's just not the same anymore. Mm. I was gonna say, did anyone see the Joyner Lucas and Rotimi video? It's a great video. That shit was hard. I'm Fantastic. T- like, I would need Joyner Lucas one through ten type of videos for me to actually pay attention to this. Yeah, that's. I guess that's the problem. It's just not enough artists. There's not right? enough artists who have that kind of a budget anymore well, to do those videos. Right. I, I mean, I honestly just don't think there's not enough music videos. I feel like music videos was more of a thing that, that people yeah. were doing back then. I, I feel like there's actually. Just I'll a tell lot you, of like videos. 106 in Park was the reason I fell in love with Chris Brown. The true story. <laughs> true story. Uh, actually, I was. You might. You might need to go host it. I mean, you could hey. be a good host, yo. Okay. Well, that's, that's all I wanted to ask y'all too. Well, go ahead, go finish. But no, story. like this is a true. When I remember when Chris Brown's Run It video premiered on 106 in Park for the mm-hmm. first time, I was in my kitchen after school mm-hmm. on this little TV that was on the counter in New York and where we lived, and I remember sitting like eating like a snack, and they were like, "Now premiering the world premiere of Chris Brown's Run It." When oh I tell God. you, when this boy appeared on my TV screen, mm-hmm. my jaw dropped. <laughs> I was. It was my first time. I mean, you heard the song on the radio, but it was my first time seeing him, Mm -hmm. and the and my jaw dropped, and I was like this. Would you have light skin shot? I was. I. I, It was. That's a true story. I was. Ever since then, I had posters on my wall, like that same like vibe. I just don't feel like you can recreate that era. I don't know. Do you think this generation's teenager? Would, would, I don't even like, think they would care. No, because they they too in their phones. They're too on TikTok. And, they're yeah. not caring about world yeah. premieres of videos. I tell you what, there's it, it, hella straps in videos nowadays too. That I too. I don't know. Yeah, they just be holding. That, them. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for 106 and Park, even though Ashley and yeah. I'm here for it. 
I am here. You want to host it? DJack, you want to host it? You and I can host it. We'll be the new AJ and Free. I think you got to have AJ and Free back. Yeah, I was going to ask y'all, who, who do y'all think would be the host? Me and DJack, we're going to host it. Yeah, you and DJack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think AJ and Free kind of is, they're, they're away from it from a while. Now, I don't I don't think that's the same. They need You need some new energy. You need some new faces. You know, you got to spice it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think they'd go like the comedian route too? You think they'd throw like some comedians on there? It, is, it doesn't have to be funny though. That's no. the whole point. Like 106 in Park wasn't purposely funny. Well, it that's what I'm saying. I think, I think nowadays to grasp like, you know, like the audience that they that they would be, you know, tending to, it might need to have like a little yeah. bit of humor in there. I wouldn't bring back Terrence. No. No. Nah. I seen some people say Drewski. I said I seen some people say Drewski should be a mm-hmm. I can see Drewski doing it. 106 in Park. I'm like I don't know if they, I don't know nobody to take it serious, but then again, he 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 do numbers though. He bring the people to 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 what yeah to what yeah. they putting out, and so. he could have all his artists. Could have been could have been artists. Yeah, right. Put all his artists on there. That. It's gonna be a whole lot of Jack Harlow on 106 in Park. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's too funny. All right, let's get into some football though, right? So at the top of the show, I had mentioned that Josh Jacobs, you know, he has a you know he has a situation going on with the Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders placed the franchise tag on him for 10.1 million dollars in March. But the two sides have yet to agree to a long-term deal, of course, because that's what Josh Jacobs is seeking. Um, now, according to Tom Pelissero, there's a great chance that if no deal is met in the near future, Josh Jacobs may not show up to training camp, right? And likely the first game of the season. So if we go back in time, this was on the 20th of this month. Josh Jacobs, he says, bad business. And then if we go back even a little further to the first of this month, on this very platform, on this show, we had a conversation just about the running back position and just how it's disrespected and undervalued. And look who, quote, retweeted that, Josh Jacobs. So, I mean, that's, this has been his energy, it seems like, all the month of, of June. So it doesn't surprise me that we get this update, right, Ashley and DJ? Like, I think there might be a possibility <coughs> that he holds out. But, DJ, I want to ask you first, what, what do you think the chances are that that happens? Man, I think they're likely, man. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, man. Uh, you know, I played with him two years ago, uh, man, and that dude is special. He's a special player. Um, you know, I, I was intrigued about how hard he works. I was intrigued about, you know, how, how he's able to catch the ball out the backfield, how he's able to hit the holes. Um, you know, what was the game? I think it was the game last year when they played Seattle. Single-handedly, he had like 333 yards on the ground. And right. It was just like, you know, for him to kind of continue to, you know, blossom and kind of continue to – you know, set the mark at the at the running back position. I, I think you know, if you look at the NFL and you look at top running backs, I think he's definitely in, in that in that class of running backs. So for me, um, for some reason, the Raiders are always in the news for you know, you know, kind of not really taking care of their guys. You know, they splash here and there for getting free agent players, but you know, when is the last time a uh, you know even Derek? I mean, Derek Carr, they they took care of him, and it, it took a while for them to kind of do that. But you don't really hear so many guys being taken care of as far as the guys that's in the organization. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would definitely think he was one of them guys you would take care of. You know, he, he was drafted there. You know, he came from Alabama. And uh, he, he hasn't really had too many injuries. I mean, he's had a, a few here and there, but majority of the time he's he's present and he's in the games. And uh, I think he's definitely deserving of a new contract, 10.1. I, I definitely don't think that that cuts it, mm-hmm. um, you know, for him and I, I definitely think he needs to be somewhere north of that, you know, thirteen to fifteen million a year. And I know that running back position is definitely hard, but I think he's definitely deserving of it. Absolutely. Ashley, what are your thoughts? What are you doing if you're a Raiders? If Brandon Marshall was here, he would tell you exactly why this is happening with the Raiders. You yeah. already know the two words that uh-huh, he would say. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I think that 
it's unfortunate and we're going to we're going to be coming across this problem often when it comes to running backs. You know, the unfortunate reality mm-hmm. is that the league has changed. Mm-hmm. It's more it's more so ever than before a pass first league. Yeah. So you're going to have running backs who can also be wide receivers prioritized before more of traditional running backs. That's not to say that every running back is replaceable. But in the mind of franchises and organizations, they're not willing to pay hefty price tags for running backs that are may that may be intricate parts of their offense, but also a thing of the past in terms of the direction the NFL is is headed. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate. It's disrespectful because it's been going on way before I feel like the league changed. You know, at one point it was a run first league. Mm -hmm. That's why you saw um, a running back like Ezekiel Elliott get paid top dollar. But I still think that even with that situation, there were so many cases of running backs still not getting paid even though they were intricate parts. Now it's gonna be even harder because it is a pass first league, like I Mm -hmm. said, so it's unfortunate but I don't really know where I don't know where the middle is because specifically with a team like the Raiders, let's be honest, they're rebuilding. Yeah. Derek Carr's gone. Jimmy Garoppolo, they made him sign basically a um, what's the word that I'm looking for? A, a, a document, a, a contract basically saying if anything happens to you, we're not liable because he's not even 100% healthy. Mm-hmm. The team's a shell of what it used to be. Yeah, you have Devontae Adams. He probably regrets that decision in some way, shape, or form. The team is just not what they are. Now, some people will say, oh, but they were willing to pay Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's true, but mm-hmm. quarterbacks are always going to get paid. That's yeah. the way it has been since the beginning of time. So he's in between the rock of, and rock and a hard place right now. One, the league has changed. Two, the Raiders are rebuilding. And I don't know how you're going to be able to combat both those things, let alone the first part of that. Mm-hmm. So it's unfortunate, but I just don't. It's going to be what the league is dealing with for a while. But, like, to me, I feel like it's just a no-brainer here with Josh Jacobs, right? It like, should be. It, sh- it honestly should be because you depart from, you know, a Derek Carr. You, you allow Darren Waller to walk. Mm-hmm. Now you're only left with Devontae Adams, and you're considering not keeping the leading rusher in the NFL in Josh Jacobs. But look at, but look at what you just said. You let um, Walker walk. Uh-huh. Derek Carr is gone. Uh-huh. You have Jimmy Garoppolo. You made him basically sign a waiver saying if something happens to you, we're not liable because he's not 100% healthy. Mm-hmm. Your team is a shell of itself. Yeah. So Devontae Adams, you already paid him. Uh-huh. So you're already in that situation. Are you paying a running back for a team that's really not going to go anywhere, that's not going to win, that's really a shell of what it used to be, that is somewhat rebuilding? Or are you playing hardball and saying, look, I'm going to pay you what I want to pay you because I'm not paying you top dollar because this team's not even going to look the same next season or the season after. Like if you're – you have to think also in terms of the organizations in the NFL – they're not thinking about it in the way you and I think about it or the way D-Jack thinks about it from a player perspective. Mm-hmm. They're looking at it from a business perspective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you make a point. Because, I mean, at this point, you're, put, you're putting it all on your quarterback. Sorry, Waller. To... I called him Walker. My bad. All good, all good. But like he's a giant. That's why she did that. <laughs> I mean, you got to have some sort of strength at this point, right? Like, is it going to be your run game? Is it going to be your passing game? Because you're not even balanced if you let a guy like Josh Jacobs go. You're going to be struggling in the in the passing game. You're going to be struggling in the run game. So it's just like you don't help yourself by 
not paying Josh Jacobs. Like at this point, you're you're showing me that you guys just want to tank at this point. Like what? I mean, duh. I mean, is that what you're saying here, DJ? I mean, honestly, it's, it's definitely important to have a run game, you know, especially when you have a receiver like Devontae Adams. Yeah. You let your quarterback go. You got a uh, you got Jimmy Garoppolo coming in from um from Frisco. I mean, honestly, it, it doesn't sit right as me being Devontae Adams and I'm sitting in that Raiders locker room. It doesn't sit right there for me at all. You know, I, I, I'm yeah. thinking what Ashley said. I'm regretting my decision on even coming here. You know, I came here for, you know, the quarterback that was my college quarterback. We had a relationship. You know, we had a, a pretty good year last year. So I'm, I'm looking to build on this. So now Derek Carr is gone. You know, possibly Josh Jacobs not coming back. I mean, like, what did I sign up for? I didn't <laughs> sign up for this. If I'm Devonta yeah. Adams, I'm going to Mark Davis, and I'm in that, I'm in that office like, what are we doing here? I mean, are we trying to win? Because I'm in my ninth year, 10th year. I'm going about to whatever it is, 10th year. I want to win. I mean, yeah. the money's great, but I want to win. I didn't come to Las Vegas to just be a guy. You're right, <laughs> you know, I'm Devontae real. Adams. So in my eyes, I mean, a running game is huge to have a top, the number one receiver in the NFL like a, like a Devontae Adams and to not have a running game. He's going to get triple team. That, that's they can put saying. four people on him and you have no running game. So it's just yeah. mind-bothering to even – see the things that are going over I mean going on over there in Las Vegas yeah because what can you honestly do in the past game if I you hear y'all no I, run game at all? I hear y'all I agree with y'all 100% I'm just thinking of devil's advocate right. they don't care because this team is not the team that's going to win yeah. so from a business yeah, but, perspective are you going to invest in a running back for a team that's not a contender that's probably not even going to make the playoffs if we're going to be honest mm -hmm. that is not even going to look a fraction of what it looks like next season are you in is josh jacobs in your mind your running back of your new raiders if the answer is no they're not going to pay him that's really well, what it comes down i to. just hope that they know that if they don't if they don't keep josh jacobs they could potentially lose Devontae adams don't you think dj like could he potentially like what do you what do you think he'll do if if they don't I see mean, them yeah, I, yeah i would i would ask for a trade honestly yeah. i mean I, I i would ask for a trade i mean i would i would make an issue i mean he he's not at a point to just sit on the team that's gonna go but 500? Yeah, I don't even think they'll probably be 500. They should. Right. He should ask for That's a trade the minute Derek Carr got traded. If we're being honest. If we're being honest, that was his cue to get the hell out of there. <laughs> that It was going downhill and downhill fast. Yeah. The Josh Jacobs situation just icing on the cake. He should have been gone. This yeah. team, he went to a situation like DJX said with the idea to play with his college quarterback. The situation turned out to be completely different. You should have been gone. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised he's even still there. Sheesh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and on that note, it's like, you, you know, you hope that Josh Jacobs get what he deserves, but maybe what he deserves is like another team. I don't know, another team and, and like just a new look and the same with Devontae Adams. But, you know, we'll be following this, you know, situation closely, obviously. But we were talking about Derek Carr, and I think that's a good segue into our next topic. Derek Carr, he admitted that he was very upset with the Raiders after benching him late last season. This is what he said. He says, I was, for lack of a better term, very upset. I was mad. You spend nine years in a place, you have all of the records, and you can play at a high level. And for something to get in the way, whether it was uh, whatever, re uh, whatever it was, whatever reason, money-related or whatever, injury-related, I would have said I don't want the money just to play two more times in front of our fans. And I guess he's referring to just two more seasons. I didn't get that opportunity, so it definitely lit a fire inside of me to keep going. Do I'm confused by that quote. What, what part? Is he upset that he got benched or is he mm -hmm. upset that he got traded? I think he's upset that he got traded. 
Oh, okay. Because him getting benched, I mean, what was the alternative? Like, he was not playing well. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it was a combination. Uh, well, no. Actually, I said he was referring to two more years. He was referring to, like, the two games at the end of the season that they benched him for. That's what he was referring to. But, I mean, I think it's just a combination of just the whole – everything so that happened. So, want, he wanted them to say, you're stinking up the joint, but we're not going to bench you? I'm confused on what – the, what he, I think what he, he I, I, I think my 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 take on this is coming coming from a guy like Derek Carr who's uh, been in the organization for what was it nine years? He played nine yeah. seasons there. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's more in, in the sense of you know I've been here through the through the bad times, the good times, you know the rebuilding times. You know I've been loyal. I've been playing through injuries. This what that not. You know what I'm saying. So for him. I think it's more of a loyalty thing. It's more of what I did for you guys and what you didn't do for me. I don't think it was anything else but to say I was playing bad. I've been your guy. Like, just let me finish out the rest of the games. Even mm -hmm. though, Ashley, you are right, wh what are we doing that for? You're stinking it up. And as a coach, I got to pull you. But for him, he's just more like, well, you guys could have just left me out there. Where's the loyalty out? Where's the loyalty at? And you know, I think it's more bitter, but to 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 talk on Derek Carr a little bit because I think a lot of people don't really understand. Mm -hmm. Derek Carr almost is at the ceiling, and and the reason why I say this is because he's he, he's maxed out. I don't think you don't really get too much more for Derek Carr. I mean, coming into the Raiders in what twenty twenty two when I came there when I got traded from the Rams, mm -hmm. um, he was one of them guys where he's definitely a leader. He definitely works hard. But it's just like I don't think he really has he, – he doesn't have the through-the-roof type of personality where it's like if I'm under pressure, you know, I'm almost going to fold. Like I'm not going to sit in there. I'm not going to take a hit. I'm not going to do the extra unordinary. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I feel like he just caps out. So at that point in time, I felt like the Raiders knew that they was moving on, and he was more looking at it as, you know what, where's the loyalty? You know, I've been your guy. I've been here through everything, the thick and the thin. It's like – Y'all could have just let me play out these last two games. And I think that's more of the conversation than when he went and to, to basically go in the media and say he felt the way he felt. Well, I mean, well, first of all, correction, he wasn't traded. He was released, right? I don't oh, think he was, was traded. I believe he was released. So I misspoke on that. But um, the loyalty came from that they didn't bench him sooner. Like, if we're being honest, like, <laughs> they should have benched him sooner. They showed love. They showed they, love. By they should have benched him. him four games earlier than they did. Like, if we're being honest, it's just, I understand the whole loyalty thing. And, you know, I've been here through the thick and the thin, but he was part of the problem of why that season was disastrous. Mm -hmm. A big part of the problem. Mm -hmm. So you gave him carte blanche in terms of not benching him earlier, the benefit of the doubt of allowing someone who's been within your organization for X amount of seasons to maybe work through the kinks. And, I, and I'm somebody who believes in that. I don't believe... Mm -hmm. Um, and that was one of the reasons why I was so upset that the Miami Dolphins would do that with Tua constantly in his mm -hmm. earlier days with the team. Right, Every forth. time he made a mistake, they'd bench him and bring in Fitzpatrick, mm -hmm. which I thought was hindering his development. You mm -hmm. have to go ahead and give your QB1 some wiggle room to make mistakes and to go ahead and combat those mistakes in his own in real time. Yeah. Otherwise, you're hindering their development. You're hindering their confidence. So I agree. I agree with that. There should be a it level should. of... You what happened, DJ? No, I was gonna I was gonna say too, because I had to mention that, but you have to you have to remember too, 
he got he got his deal redid. They didn't really want to do that deal. I know. You know when when they gave him all that money, it was it was it was like some language in there that they could get out of it. That's how oh, they well. was able to get out of it because if he didn't play good, that they would they could you know. Cause I think it was what like a hundred and what fifty. It was it was a crazy number that they didn't even really want to do, yeah. right? And when they did it, you got to understand already. What what is it that you got out of Derek Carr? They knew what they was getting out of Derek Carr. I don't think they was understanding that if we give him this money because Josh McDaniels came in and he came in there and said, yeah, he's our guy. We're going to stick with him. We, we got to fast forward and remember everything that was going on. It was almost like they kind of just did that because they didn't really have nowhere else to go. Wasn't, like, his, go wasn't his contract, wasn't there a clause in his contract that like it was fully guaranteed if he got hurt or something like that? Like was was that the clause It was in something, it? Well, it was something he, he crazy. No Whatever it was, clause. it was crazy. But they right. knew they knew it wasn't the right thing to do. They just did it because they felt that was the right thing to do. But right. in all reality, his gameplay hasn't changed. It this was her- the same Derek Carr. <laughs> this is my point. So the lo- the the lo- that's why I don't that's why I cannot back him up with this whole like loyalty like woe's me let me play too. M-. The loyalty came from I paid you when you didn't deserve it. The loyalty right. came from I let you play multiple games in a season that you were losing for us when you didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. The loyalty mm-hmm. came from I didn't bench you when you probably deserved it. And now I'm disloyal because I benched you when I probably should have benched you earlier in the season and you wanted to play out the last two games. Like, the loyalty has right. already been proven, Derek. Yeah, I hear what you're sure. saying. The loyalty is we didn't trade you earlier seasons in your career when you were stinking up the joint. Like, right, 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 right. the loyalty's already been proven. So I don't think mm-hmm. the loyalty card here, Derek Carr, works in your favor. It doesn't. I'm all sorry. Right. Well, all right. I'm curious, DJ, because you, you said some interesting things earlier when you were kind of describing your time in, in uh, what was it? You were you, were they in Vegas at Vegas, that point? Yeah, they were in Vegas. Vegas? Okay, yeah. yeah. Vegas, so yeah. so you, you said that Derek Carr like he's not going to do all of like the overtop stuff. So I'm like maybe maybe he he's just not what I'm thinking he is. But what I want to <laughs> say is what I want to say is I'm like let's look at the division he's you know he's been in his whole career, right? He's in the AFC right. West. He's in a division with the Chargers. He's in a division with the Chiefs, right? We know how what the Chiefs have yeah. been doing in that division. I'm like mm-hmm. Was the timing bad? Because I think his team, like the Raiders, were just starting to kind of put guys around him. In my opinion, I don't think the Raiders ever mm-hmm. had anything throughout like the nine years he's been there, B- up right. until when they acquired a Devontae Adams and then they drafted a Josh Jacobs. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, but we talking about the prime now of Patrick Mahomes. So it's like, uh, but now he's in a new situation. He, he's in New Orleans. Yeah, I got to I gotta specifically speak on when he was in – Oakland for a little mm-hmm, bit. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he has some guys. He did. He has some guys. I mean, he had uh, the Jones guy. He had a uh, Crabtree, um, um, Hunter yeah. Renfro, Darren Waller. I mean, he had talent around him. Let's yeah. not just say he didn't have talent. You know what I'm saying? But my thing was like, I like Derek Carr as a player. Mm-hmm. I like him as a person. I feel like he, he's definitely a leader. He works hard. Um, he's very vocal. Um, the only thing I just really don't don't see. If, if if he doesn't have a, a repertoire with you or if he doesn't have, mm-hmm. you know, time in with you, mm-hmm. like he's not comfortable throwing the new guys. Like uh, it took him a whole year. It took him a whole year to throw to uh to, to Henry, yeah. um, to Henry Ruggs. Like yeah. when Henry Ruggs first came there, they, they connection wasn't nothing special. Yeah. And year two is when Henry Ruggs blossomed and he had that crazy year. He went yeah. over a thousand yards. Derek Carr was throwing to him deep down the field. So then when I came, it was like if I, w- I was wide open at times, like right. he he couldn't see it for some reason. Like if he didn't have that repertoire with me, yeah. where we practiced so long, or like he knew what I was going to do, he wouldn't throw me the ball. Now uh, Zay Jones was another guy he had some some success with uh, 
uh, uh, uh, Bryant. What was uh, uh, the other guy that got traded, man? Uh, from uh, North Carolina. I can't even remember his name, man. The receiver. Uh, what was his name? Bryant. Uh, Bryant. His name was, it was white. White or black dude. Black dude, number eighty nine. Uh, I can't. He he got traded. Cooper. Amari Cooper. No, Amari Cooper too. But there was somebody else you know, last year before they the Raiders with, with Derek Carr for a little before bit. they trade him. But my my, yeah. my point is. I mean, if, if if he didn't see you yeah. and, like, had that repertoire with you that he knew what you was going to do, it was just like he he couldn't he couldn't get you to rock, man. And, and just for me, there was a few That's times true. where in pressure, he just wasn't really comfortable. Like, if, if there's guys on his feet, like, you know, when I say on their feet, like, so a quarterback like Tom Brady's Aaron Rodgers, if they have pressure, they're going to sit in there and take the hit mm-hmm. to make a throw. Mm-hmm. Like, Derek Carr really never really did that to me. It was, it, it was times where I seen guys come in, and he would like just throw the ball or try to get it down to the check down. So yeah, it's like yeah. for for you to be a top quarterback in the league, you got to sit in there sometimes and take that hit on a pressure. They did say I think the name is Brian team. Edwards. Is yeah, that the name we're thinking Chad. of? Brian Brian Edwards, mm-hmm. exactly. Brian Brian Edwards actually he well, he bought out too, and I know they, they traded him and to Atlanta. And I think he got released, but Brian Edwards he bought out a lot for them as well too. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, is this. There are quarterbacks you win because of, and there are quarterbacks you win in spite of. <laughs> Derek Carr, the games that the Raiders have won yeah. is not yeah. because they haven't won those games. Derek Carr is not the reason the Raiders win. They win in spite of him. Mm-hmm. And that's just and that's what the situation has been for a lot of his tenure mm-hmm. with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. He's I gotta solid. disagree though. Some he's games, solid. Though some, he's, games he's, some games, some games he's he's won because some games, yeah. but yeah. for the majority, yeah. if we're if majority, we're doing the math, the percentage yeah, of the time the Raiders win is not because of Derek Carr. Yeah. So is he yeah. solid? Yeah. Is he the quarterback that you can depend on consistently? No. Mm-hmm. He's kind of there. No. And it's hit Honest. or miss with him. Honestly, and it always though, been. I, th- I think it's better for him to go to the division he's went to because you got Tampa, you got Carolina. North I mean, Carolina he's in a division a now where he can easily be a B. One, yeah, yeah, he can win it or he can be a top quarterback in that division. Yeah. Now, being in Patrick Mahomes and and, and the young guy uh, from Oregon, can't remember, yeah, Hubbard, Her- what's Herbert, what's his name? Justin H- Herbert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson. I don't know. He he had an iffy year, but. Right. The other quarterbacks, the you're not, you're not being a better quarterback than them. So the division he's in now, he has a better shot at that. Division. And that's basically the point I was trying to make earlier, Deshaun. I'm like, he was a, he's been in a rough division. You know what I'm saying? And, and what sure. I was Patrick Mahomes say, wasn't always in that division, sir. Uh, I mean, yeah. Patrick I mean, Mahomes wasn't six, always there. Six, six years? I, would. I, I get like it. Six, I get years? it. But that's but that's what I'm saying. Like the during the time period where he had Crabtree, he had Amari Cooper. In my opinion, those Raiders. I'm not. I'm not giving letting him off. They the hook. weren't that good. But look, what I'm what I'm trying to say now is. You can argue that this Saints team that he's on defensively and offensively is up there is up is probably one of the better teams he's played on. Like I think this is going to be he, he's had, he has a Mike Thomas. Not to say he hasn't played with great receivers. Obviously, you've had Devontae Adams, but he has a guy like Mike Thomas, a guy like Chris Olave. He has running backs like Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, and they they drafted Kendra Miller. Like I think he has a good supporting cast around him in <coughs> New Orleans. And like Deshaun pointed out, he's in a division with the Bucks the Panthers and the Falcons like come on like he should win almost every game in that division of course that's a high expectation but I don't know but like Deshaun what you said was is that he has a hard time of building that repertoire with those newer guys this is his first year Mm -hmm. with the Saints that kind of worries me now yeah no definitely I think it's gonna be I think I think he'll do okay um 
I think, honestly, I, I feel like they have some, some receiver talent over there. And I think, you know, Derek Carr has probably been putting in the work the off, this offseason to kind of get, you know, in, in, in good deeds with the court, I mean, with the receivers and, and spend that time. So I, I don't think it was going to be a crazy year that we've seen, you know, him throw maybe over 4,000 yards. I don't, I don't yeah. think that would happen. Um, I think he falls in the 3,500, 3,000 range. Um, and honestly, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, Curious to see what he's going to do over there in New Orleans, man. I, I think that team is a borderline team. I think the division they're in is it's, it's somewhat competitive, not too much. You don't have Tom Brady over there in um, Tampa no more. So yeah. I think they should they should do pretty good, but I just don't know what he's going to do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I know you still got Tyson Hill or T- Tyson Hill, whatever his name is, and uh, some other than right. <laughs> other guys over there. Jameis Winston's still there, right? Uh, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I believe so, yes. I believe. I'm, Wait, what are you talking about? Jameis Winston? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in New Orleans. What, what Jameis Winston going to do? <laughs> what's, what's that going to look like? Yeah, right. Is he going to be benched again? Is Derek Carr going to be getting benched again? <laughs> yeah, right. And then it's the Jameis Winston. We know show. Hill's going to play. Yeah. We know Hill's going to play for sure because, yeah. you know, they always switch time. So yeah. uh, I'm interested to see. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, we will. We will see. But yeah, right, guys, I think New Orleans is going to take that division. Yeah, they definitely. So. I know in the chat they were asking like, who do we think is going to take that division? I, mean, I, I always had New Orleans. I think it's Saints, right? Yeah, like, me it's, too. It's I got. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my young boy, man. I'm gonna go with Bryce, man. We going, really? We going no Carolina. way. Carolina. Listen, no Bryce, way. They, they do have I'm a good. They put Bryce, together a man. They got my boy Miles Sanders over there, yeah. man. You know? There is no way in hell. And if it is, Derek Hardy <laughs> just hang it up. If the Saints don't win that division. Yeah, if he if he lets Bryce you are Young, the problem, sir. Yeah, if he lets Br- rookie Bryce Young beat him out in that division, that yeah, come on, come on, Derek. I think I think all that you said on this show, D Jack, will, will, will bear true. Cause yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how the NFC NFC South pans out. But all right, y'all, it's time. It's time. It's the time I've been waiting for. We're gonna build our ultimate wide receiver, and of course, DJ, we're gonna allow you to uh, start it off for us. So I know you probably got like the breakdown of your receiver. Your graphic will probably pop up here in a little bit. But take us through it, y'all. Who's your ultimate? What's your ultimate wide receiver? Man, you, you know what's crazy, man? Because I, I was going back and forth, man, on mm-hmm. um on my football IQ, man. And the reason why, like, oh, I, I I had Cooper Cup there, and I seen um. You know, somebody had I ain't gonna I ain't gonna spoil y'all picks, but I see somebody yeah. had Cooper Cup. <laughs> but uh my football IQ, man, it, 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 I'm gonna go with Justin Jefferson, man. The reason why I say that, uh you, you know, he he came in the league, man, as a as a young kid, as a rookie, man, and, and balling, man. So for yeah. him to come in the game that young man and be able to learn the offense, to be able to be be in a situation when Kirk Cousins at the line of scrimmage and he's checking plays and to know what the quarterback and the offensive coordinator is talking about, man, is that's that's huge, man. You got to give that kid credit. You know his his skills to be able to sit in a zone, to be able to read man zone. I mean, I I, I just like him, man. I I think you know he's he's the guy that I want when it comes down to knowing, you know, what position I need you to be in at any mm-hmm. given time, regardless of what the defense is doing. I feel like he fits that, and uh, you know, for 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 him to continuously play at a high level year in and year out, I had to go with him, man. I couldn't leave him off my list, man. Can't so football IQ is Justin Jefferson, man. Salute to the young fella, man, doing big things. Now, going to strength, y'all see my boy DK, man. <laughs> yeah, y'all see what happens, man, when the quarterback throws an interception and I'm running my dude down 90 yeah. yards and tackling him before they get in the end zone, yeah. catching the ball in traffic, taking hits, mm-hmm. stiff arming dudes, running people over. Going in there, taking the tough blocks, you know, man. Going up, marching people, man. I mean, come on, man. That dude, that strength, man, is is my boy, uh, DK Metcalf, man. Yeah. Now hands, how can you go wrong with the hands, man? OBJ, man. Since he's came in the league, 
he hasn't went wrong, man. Three hand. Not even gonna say one hand, man. Three, three. fingers, man. Wow. Okay. Three, you know what? Fingers, I get the significance man. of that now. I was trying to pinpoint why maybe Jazz that threw that. It only takes three fingers to catch a ball for OBJ. Three that makes fingers, sense. bro. Come on, man. It's <laughs> like the sense. ultimate grip, man. Like yeah. I don't need gloves, man. Even though he have gloves on, I don't need gloves, man. But OBJ from the one handers, man, to mm-hmm. to okay. going over people's heads. I mean, like, come on, man. What name a catch he hasn't made? Right, right, I'm right. I'm just right. I, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, no, I got to give him that. He de- he definitely has the best catch of all time. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Can no I can give so him that. OBJ, OBJ for the hands. Man, speed. You know, I ain't going to be biased because I could have easily said Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Deshaun, That's what I'm saying. I, I, I thought he was going to say Deshaun. Deshaun Jackson. I'm sitting back right now. I'm the retired D-Jack. You know, we ain't, mm-hmm. we ain't on the field right now. So I'm going to go on and put my boy Tyree Hill, man. Mm-hmm. One of the fastest to ever play the game. And let me say that first and foremost. Mm-hmm. One of the fastest to ever play the game. Agreed. And he's like a bowling ball on the field, man. It's like you can't stop that dude, man. Like the routes. You know, him able to, you know, separation, mm-hmm. him able to get in and out of breaks. Yep. I mean, him able to catch the five-yard pass and just leave yeah, the defense. Yep. I mean, yeah, yards after catch, man. It, it don't get no better than my boy Tyreek Hill, man. And last but not least, man, the route running ability, Devontae Adams, put him in any position, put him in any spot, slot. Outside, I mean, you can put him at tight end, he's gonna get open. Yep. I mean, he, you can put him at running back, he'll get open. I <laughs> mean, there's no good. position on the field that that guy can't get open. Man, his route running is, you know, in my hands, top down, number one, man. Um, and yeah, man, that's the ultimate receiver, man. That's the ultimate build, man. That's the hey. D Jack picks of the day, baby. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, that that's a solid receiver. I get, I, I had to give it to you. I'm interested to see what the people think, but that's that's a pretty good one, Ashley. I think it's your time. My time? To put together your ultimate wide receiver. Let's do it. I'm going to start with the legs. I, Dak Prescott. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So football IQ, I did go with Cooper Cup. I mean, if you've heard him post game, his football IQ, his memory alone is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. He can recall things that happened in the first quarter at the very end of the game. It's absolutely impressive. His field awareness, also one of one, one of the best in the NFL currently. Um, I think it's self-explanatory from there. Strength, DK Metcalf as well. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy is a tank. Um, he could have been an Olympian if he wasn't a football player. Honestly. Just absolutely incredible. When he's coming at you full speed, you just know to get the hell out the way because otherwise <laughs> it's going Thanks. to hurt you. Um, hands, D-Hop, baby, the best hands in the NFL currently, I hear what you say about OBJ, oh, but De- oh, DeAndre oh, Hopkins oh, does yeah. not OBJ? drop passes. No. Yeah, he he, he doesn't know how to drop passes. Those hands are incredible. Probably some mm. of the best hands I've ever seen on a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't look like he has, shows any signs of slowing up. Some of the catches, some of the passes that he's able to catch are just unreal. The things right. that he can do with his can body. He- just can we ask insane. Chad? I'm not, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but Go can ahead. we ask Chad real quick who they're going with? OBJ or... or okay, OBJ, listen, DeAndre. chat. <laughs> Just real quick. Chat, chat. hands. Who has the better hands, DeAndre Hopkins or OBJ? Go ahead and put your pick in the chat, and we'll, and we'll have Wu tally those up. <laughs> yeah. um, speed, I'm also going Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, fastest man on the planet, if you ask him. Him and Usain Bolt need to go ahead and race. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible watching him get off on a pass. It's just insane, the speed that he runs with, the tenacity that he runs mm-hmm. with. Um, it, at times it looks like he's gonna get be he's gonna go 
lose gas, but he never <laughs> seems to do, he never seems to do so. Mm -hmm. um, also, the way that he's able to cut with that speed is actually very impressive as well. It doesn't always have to be in a straight line, yeah. which is one of the also more deadly things about Tyreek Hill's game. And lastly, Devontae Adams' route running ability, just probably the best route runner in the NFL. His mm. field awareness also is incredible. His agility, his tenacity, his um, finesse on the mm. field, I think one of the best. I wouldn't be mad if someone said Justin Jefferson, but mm. I still think um, he has a while to go to catch up to Devontae Adams, one of the best I've ever seen do it. So mm. that's my ultimate wide receiver. Looks like D-Hop actually won. D-Hop wins. Right best now. hands Did in the it? NFL, baby, I try to tell you. It's like every four D-Hops, you get one OBJ vote. So, yeah, yeah I don't God, know. Dang it. All right. <laughs> All right, well, listen, I think it's my time to go, and I'm trying to tell you right now, this is literally the ultimate wide receiver. I don't think nobody messing with this wide receiver. Okay. So go ahead, throw it. He says ahead. that before he go loses, throw, but go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, throw my receiver out there, uh, BC. So look, this is what I got, man. My football IQ, you'll notice, D-Jack, I basically just flipped IQ and route running ability. I'm going to justify Justin's route running ability later. But I had to go with Devontae Adams' IQ, right? I mean, you said it. He can run any route on the route tree, but he knows concepts. He knows how to how to find the open space on the field, right? But what, what stood out to me is, I don't know if you remember this, Ashley, but in his interview with Brandon Marshall, he said this, and I had never looked at it from this perspective, D-Jack, and, I, and I, I mean, you're a great, but you probably have, but I had never, had never heard anybody actually, you know, put it in these words. This man said that when he runs routes, let's say, I'll, I'll, put a, I'll give you a hypothetical. He said, if he were to run a slant route and that DB played him right, He's banging it out on the whip just so a DB never knows or never feels like he covered him on a route. Every single route he ran, he felt like he wanted to make the DB think that he was losing on every single route, even if he did play him right. And I just thought, I'm like, you know what? That is just one of the smartest things I ever heard from a receiver. And again, DJ, I'm, so, he I'm, made, so, he, so you're saying he's making up routes? He's making up, he, he's making up routes if he didn't get the ball. You know in what I'm saying? As soon as, he, as soon as he saw, in real time, as soon as he saw he didn't get the ball, but he got he got locked, and I'm sure it's not happening often, he breaking it around just to get into the DB's head. I really <laughs> like that. So that's why I had to go with it. Yeah, but that, that you you can hurt your you can hurt your quarterback in that sense too. I, I hear you and I understand, but mm -hmm. that can be dangerous too, though. It can, but hey, if I don't you know. if you ain't Devontae, if you ain't Devontae, you can get your ass cussed out. <laughs> no facts, which is why I ain't never really do that. But if it if it, it works for Devontae Adams, but if he can be on that, that on the same page with his quarterback and be able to get into the head of a DB like that, it's admirable mm -hmm. to me. So I got Devontae Adams for football IQ and strength. I got AJ Brown. What they call him? Don't they call him Swole Batman? I got Swole yeah, Bat. I got Swole Bat. I got Swole Batman for strength. He's six I ain't one. Mad at that. Yeah, he's 6'1", he's 225, he running right through you, he running around you. I mean, he he's capable of, of anything on the field. His, his run after catch is very underrated. I'm going to go with A.J. Brown for strength. And D-Hop, yeah, I got to go with D-Hop with the hands. His hands, sticky. he got sticky fingers. Sticky fingers, for he's sure. The only, I, I think I read somewhere he's the only receiver to go an entire season without a drop. And mm. and among active receivers, he has the lowest you know the lowest drop rate. So I had to go with D-Hop, but... but I ain't gonna lie, D Jack, that OBJ pick was that was solid. That was solid. And speed, you know, I figured both of y'all would go with Tyreek Hill, so I wanted to switch this up here. How could I not go with the dude that has the fastest 40 in NFL history? Can't be mad. 421? He has the fastest 40 in, in NFL history. Nobody's running 40 faster than him. If John Ross is still playing, I'm going with John Ross. That boy is moving. He just got signed, though. Who, who do you get signed? Yeah, he went to Kansas, Kansas City. City. He ain't Kansas City. Kansas City. They, they just read up on some speed. They got rid of um 
You know, they had to part ways with uh with uh with Jet. Miko, it was Miko. Yeah, with Miko Hartman, McCall Hartman. Yeah. At a you know, no, he went to the Jets, so they just reloaded with John Ross. That's actually interesting. I'm wondering mm -hmm. if John Ross would be able to kind of, you know, revitalize career his career because you know he was a first rounder. He was um guy with a lot of promise. But John Ross, I'm gonna go John Ross for speed and then route running ability. JJ, Justin Jefferson. He's he's the, another guy that can really just run any route on the route tree. He's fast. He's very unpredictable, you know, unpredictable out of his breaks, right? He makes everything kind of look the same, but but I really I really like his run his route running ability. So I went with JJ, and that All is right. my ultimate wide receiver. I think, so yeah. so let's throw up everyone's um, ultimate wide yeah, receiver one more time, and we're gonna take yeah. it to a vote. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And of which wide on. receiver it would be the highest ranked in um, Madden? Which one yeah, would right, you yeah. want on your squad? This is. Mine. Uh huh. We got Ashley's. This is my wide receiver. Throw DJ's wide receiver up there. We got DJ. And then Corey's wide receiver up there. All right. So chat, you guys got to go ahead and put which wide receiver is the better wide receiver of the three. You can go ahead and put a Madden score if you would like. Nah, but we're going to see who won this one. I feel like I won. They gave my receiver a 90, 95 overall. Mine got a 98. 98? Yeah. 98? Then right now, a... it looks like they're on a, right now, it looks like I'm winning. It looks yeah, like I'm winning. There's a lot of Ashley coming I am into seeing the chat right now. I'm actually now, seeing a so. lot of Ashleys. I look like, I think, listen, I may Let's not be able Ashley's to. put Ashleys up one more time, BC. I may not be able to build a quarterback, but I can build a wide <laughs> you receiver. You can build a wide receiver. <laughs> How Ashley build a better wide receiver than two wide receivers? Than two wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, she's a female. They want to go with the females this morning. So, so, that might yeah. be what it is. Oh, man. we got one. We got a couple DJs and Corey's coming in there. Uh -huh. Yeah, they starting to okay. roll in now. Okay. Oh, we got a long explanation. I give it to Ashley Nicole Moss because if the Cooper Cup IQ, because uh, of the Cooper Cup IQ. I'm winning. I got a 97. I got a 98. DJ got a 94. Oh, someone gave DJ a 99. And okay. Corey. I got my 99. I'm part of the 99 club as well. Mm hmm. Um, we got a court. It looks like I'm winning. We might have to do a poll because it's like it's, it's actually looking like We're, everybody's getting a good amount. We might have to do a poll. Yeah, yeah, poll, poll, poll on IG, this. man. Throw yeah. it up. Yeah, we, <laughs> We're we, gonna we, do we, a poll yeah, on IG and Twitter. IG and Twitter. Oh, IG poll, man. It looks like I'm winning though. It might be a. This might be a good poll because, like I said, I'm seeing a lot of DJs. I'm seeing a lot of cores. I'm also yeah. seeing a lot of Ashes. Okay, so. we're not gonna exaggerate. I, it's not a I, lot of cores. You know, you know what I'm gonna do though. What's up? I'm about to hit on y'all because I can't go. I can't let Corey. You know. Intro me out this time. Nah. I'm, I'm gone this time. <laughs> you remember I'm, that last yeah, time? You're going to give yourself <laughs> your own outro. Flash, hey, I, man, I, I promise you, DJ, we, we changed his batteries. I promise you. Yeah, I know. I've been doing good this week. I don't want to go through that again. Bye, DJ. Hey, DJ. Twan, what up, OG? What up, man? What up, man? You all right? I had to get on, man. Before it get crazy. Before it get weird, huh? Hey, that's too funny. All right, DJ, man. We appreciate you being on, though, boss. Hey, for real, bro. I ain't going to let him do it to me this time. I'll intro myself. I'll intro myself. I'm done. I'm done. I'm gone. Y'all be cool. But yeah, no, we're going, we definitely going to see what the results are on those ultimate wide receivers. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. But yeah, I think we got Antoine on. Antoine, how we feeling? I'm good. There you go. There he is. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, we're gonna get into some some basketball talk and whatnot. So first topic though for us, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I want to do you know a what? if we ever do a paper route after dark. Uh-huh. I want to do a drinking game. Every time really? Corey says what not, take a shot. Oh man, oh, she put man, me out gonna there. Be twisted. I said what not. I said what not a lot. Oh man, twisted. <laughs> oh. <We're- laughs> Yeah, can we do shots of water? Y'all telling me now on air, you supposed to tell me this before the show, after the show, that I'd be saying what not. That's too your much. safe word. What not? Well, it, it won't be any longer because you're gonna stop hearing it now. <laughs> no, we're gonna hear it again in like ten minutes. Are you? For the end of the show, for sure. no, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try sure. really hard not to say it. I'm not. And I'm not. <laughs> Drink. Okay, go. Antoine, 76ers forward Tobias Harris addressed it trade speculation because his name's been coming up a lot. He's been tied to several teams. I know, um, like the Lakers have been tied to him, the Jazz, the Suns, the Mavs, and whatnot. There we go. That'd been, that'd been a drink. <laughs> right How long it. did he last? That'd have been a drink. 40 seconds. 40 seconds. That wasn't even 40 that's seconds. That's not it. That's, that's, that's bad. Damn, that's bad. bro. I know, right? They got me, Antoine. Let me read this quote from uh, Tobias, though. He said, casual Sixers fans, they'll trade me for a crumble cookie. Disrespectful. At the end of the day, they have to realize they're not getting a 6'9 forward who can shoot damn near 40% from three, guard the other team's best player, shoot, post up, and drive. And then the last point he made was that he also is going to give you 70-plus games per year. What are your thoughts on uh, on Tobias Harris, Antoine? Do you think the Sixers should keep him? A crumble cookie is nuts, though. I actually had a crumble I mean, last when he, night, by the way. When he, when he starts making comments like that, I don't know if he should keep him because obviously he's, internally he's – we know who he's referring to about games played. Mm-hmm. Can't be talking about the MVP like that. So that's that's first of all. So that's the first way to get your way out, the way out the door. And then I just think it's just it's the fit right. I mean, is that is this the right fit for him? I like Tobias Harris. I think he's most you know, a guy can play the three and the four. Like he said, he can't shoot the three. Mm-hmm. He can make some plays off the dribble. So I do like him. So he'll he'll help any team, especially a team with a true center. So he's a good fit for for Embiid. Um, but obviously, it's something going. It's something probably going on internally within the locker room. Um, and stuff is starting to come out. You, it's funny how um, when the head coach gets fired, everything starts to come out. Uh, so when you see Doc going now, you see guys now talking about their roles. 
And you never know. You know, usually when a coach take over, we don't know what Nick Nurse has said to him mm-hmm. coming in, what his role is going to be. Usually when a coach takes over, he calls all the guys individually and talks to them about what their role would be on, on the team. So maybe it's something, maybe he didn't hear what he wanted to hear. Yeah. Ashley, what's your thoughts on Tobias Harris being the second highest paid player on the Sixers? He's overpaid, respectfully. Um, looking at his stats, I think, believe these are from last season. Mm-hmm. Um... I think he got his points per game. He averaged less than 15. So he averaged 14 points points per game in the regular season, five rebounds. Then come postseason, it bumped it up 1.15.3 points per game, seven rebounds. 15 points in the regular – 14 points in the regular season and 15 points in the playoffs for a player who's making $40 million is unacceptable. Let's be honest. It's unacceptable. And and I'm not even – He's a free agent at the right time. That's what, no, but I, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, whoever his agent is, whoever's in his team, did their job. But I'm saying, in terms of money and return, it's mm-hmm. unacceptable. Um, also, I'll say this: it's not even the stats don't even give the full story because yeah, you have 14 points in the regular season, 15 points in the postseason, but they're empty points. And what I mean by that is that they don't really affect the game. You're getting points, but they're not really at the times that you need them. You go you go missing at the times that the 76ers need you more often than you're present. So, yeah, you have a stat line of 15 points average in the postseason, but they're, it's an empty stat line essentially. So mm-hmm. it's he's overpaid um, for what – he's overpaid for what he contributes to the team. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Antoine. Like, you can say a lot, but you can't say anything about Joel Embiid if that's what you were trying to imply. Yeah. Um, so, but first of all, all crumble cookie is crazy because they come in a box. So if you're only worth one, that's that's <laughs> something to look at. But crumble is fire, by the way. It, right. I mean, it is fire, but all but, cookie, not the whole box. That's kind of nuts. You know what I mean? Um, also, also, too, I just want to add this: what people got to understand, and and I'm glad you put the stats out there. He is the fourth option on his team. That's that's what I was saying. So 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 I like we have to give for, a forty for million fourth dollar option. fourth option. I know, but that's why I said it's always great to be a free agent at the right time. Yeah. So he got paid at a time where he was sought out. There it was a low free agent market, and he got paid. But for that team, he is the fourth option. You got to think you got Harden, you got Maxi, you got Embiid. So he is the fourth option. So you get fifteen points from your fourth option. That ain't that's not bad. Yeah. Not but bad you're production. but you're not the fourth option when Joel Embiid goes down. Now you're up to third. You're not the fourth option when James Harden's inconsistent. Now you're up to third. My thing about it is you being the fourth option doesn't negate you of responsibilities, especially when the team's at a deficit for one reason or another. He goes missing in games. He is a non-factor in games. Mm-hmm. He is not even a factor in a game. He's not even a factor in a game more times than he's not. I can make that argument that, okay, yeah, he goes missing in some games, but more time, nine times out of ten, he's present. He's not. So I'm not saying that he is at fault for what he's getting paid, but I can understand the frustration of you have a $40 million fourth option who disappears when you probably need him the most. Mm -hmm. That's why Jimmy Butler famously said, Tobias Harris over me. Like, it's an insane contract for a player you cannot depend on. And I'm not saying you put the same amount of responsibility on him as you do with Joel Embiid or James Harden. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have to do a better job of getting him the ball, but maybe they don't get him the ball because they can't depend on him. That's Mm -hmm. another argument you can make. You can always try to go ahead and scapegoat 
the scheme and and the plays that are run and say, oh, he doesn't get the ball. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't get the ball because he never does anything with it. I, I mean, do you think that's the case, Antoine? Because in his defense, and I, I nobody's feel like, afraid of him. Yeah, defensively. I, I mean, offensively. I don't, I don't know. I say in the, in his defense, I feel like he just plays on a team with with very ball dominant players, James Harden, Joel Embiid. So in the, at the end of the game, yeah, they want the ball in his hands what i'm thinking though antoine and which is why i I think maybe the 76ers are in a tough position is because one they pay him they pay him a lot right they paying him 40 million per year but i also think he's somebody that you put him on another team you you, tell me if i'm wrong i think he 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 shows his worth i think for sure but not on this a lot more of what he puts on you know on paper for sure maybe he needs to be a second option maybe he's someone who needs to have the ball in his hand more. but but i also think because what you know what reports are saying is that the the 76ers asking price for what they want in return for tobias harris is crazy no it's insane yeah and and it's because of how much they pay him so i just think they in my opinion they need to make the most of what tobias harris brings to the table what do you think antoine I like Tobias Harris with them because, I mean, it's, it's hard to find. I think the, we get caught up sometimes as people that's outside. We just get caught up in what a guy's making. Mm-hmm. And, when you know, so I'm, I don't take away from his ability, his agent, being a free agent at the right time, he was able to get, you know, a big deal. So you got to take that out of the equation. On this team, he is going to be the fourth option regardless. Just look at their right. He's not going to get the ball. Any coach is not drawing up something before those three other, those three other guys. It's just not going to happen. So it doesn't matter about his his pay and I think that's what people look at and address first is that oh he's making 40 million so his reduction should be xxx no it's the role that he plays in the team he does a terrific job I think in his, in his role um if they want to expand that and and put more onuses on him maybe guarding the best player on the other team or doing some other things but that's fine but I think he's fine I think it's just it's just a don't discredit a guy for being able to in the free agent market when it was time to be a free agent he was able to get super max money mm-hmm. you know what i mean so you can't expect that type of production but i think he's been great for them um and he's actually it's hard to find guys around harden and b that could be effective and, mm-hmm. and still produce and uh, he's done a good job of doing that 15 points a game with those guys two ball dominant guys is actually pretty good yeah yeah, yeah he's yeah. a you you would call him an effective player yeah like like antoine saying 15 yeah, points a game just, and you're the fourth option tough it's the yeah, third option. I gotta, James I gotta look at how I'm gonna. You all keep talking. I gotta look at his actual points in series me, because okay, 15 let me, let me put, points per game is an average. It doesn't really tell the me, whole story. But I'm listening. Let me, Go let ahead. Me help let me give you an example. So when I played with for the Heat, mm-hmm. Shaq and D Wade were the main focal points on the offensive end. When I got traded and signed as a free agent, there I was averaging 20 points a game in my career. I was no way I'm going to average 20 points a game when I went to play with Shaq and D-Wade where yeah. everything is going through them. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out if I'm going to touch this ball 10, 12 times a game, I got to make it, I got to be efficient. Mm-hmm. I got to try to make, make these opportunities count. So it's tough when you're playing with two other superstars and, and trying to still get your numbers. It's, it's, it's tough to do that. So I think Tobias Harris has done a terrific job of doing that. James Harden, we know, can hold the ball for the whole shot clock. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. No MB yeah. has to touch it. Yeah, and then don't, that's so not talking about, about Maxey. It's a, yeah, and, and it not, that's not to mention Maxey, too, who's kind of, you know, he's turning into into that type of player that, that needs. Let's be, let's. By let's, the way, Maxey's due for a contract this Let's year. not look at averages, though, year. and let's, let's not, let's not, because the average doesn't tell the whole story sometimes, mm-hmm. all right? Let's talk about the game that they lost against Boston, 102-114, he had seven points, a minus 18 on the plus and minus, okay? In the game that they won against Boston, he had nine points, a non-factor, okay? Mm-hmm. A non-factor 
in a win. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> in the game that they won against Boston, 115-103, I believe that he had a better game. He had 16 points because I believe that was the game that James Harden went missing, if I can recall correctly. Mm-hmm. In the game they lost against Boston, he had two points. You have a $40 million fourth option giving you two points in the playoffs, and I'm supposed to believe that he's an effective player? Come on now. Can you, can you go back to that last it game? It is crazy. Like, he played 42 minutes that game. He played 42 minutes and yeah, gave me and gave two, two points, points. as a $40 million player fourth. I don't care if he was the 25th option. Be he did real. seven shots. It was set, so he seven was shots. Made one, and he took a three. So on a 42-minute game, you gave me two points. That Those two points probably came from the free throw line. Yeah. Like, be for real. That's not – we can't keep skate. I'm not I'm not saying that he's at fault for what he got in the free market. Get your money. If you can finesse the system and don't let it finesse you, I'm here for it. But this whole, oh, he's productive and he's – no, it's not. It's absolutely not the case. Two points in 40-plus minutes in the playoffs? Yeah. You're on the court for almost the entire game. That's yeah. unacceptable. I'm sorry. I can't I – can't, I can't give him that. I, can't I hate give to him say that. this, but he had a great series against Brooklyn. He had 21 points, 20 points. 15, I could have had a great 25. series against Brooklyn. Oh, come on. Be for real. <laughs> come, on. <laughs> come on, Ashley. You know you're taking that. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not giving up on Tobias Harris just yet. Like, I'm, I'm with Antoine. He's right? good. Like, he, I'm like, a, listen, he's a good piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I, that's what I'd you know, say. The, the numbers speak for itself. I'm not going to sit here and dispute the numbers and say that he didn't produce when he had to. But I think he's a very good piece of the puzzle. I like him as a fourth option. I, pre- I don't think too many teams. Too many teams in this league would not take him as a fourth option. Um, he's a guy that can play multiple positions. He's not going to hurt you. It just depends what role you want to give him. We can't talk about this. Sometimes you can't get mad because he was able to, like you said, finesse the system as Mm-mm. a free agent and get max money. And he's not in that position to put up max numbers. But 15 points a game with, with those two guys who are very ball dominant, James Harden and B, is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I called him, I called Tobias Harris an upper echelon role player. Could you co-sign that, Antoine? An upper echelon role player, I think he's... An he's upper up. echelon role player? Yeah. Like did you a, not hear the numbers I just gave you? He's an... Uh, did you did <laughs> you hear the numbers player. we gave you during the, the regular season? But and what I'm saying is, is, first of all, the regular season, when it comes to the playoffs, the regular season doesn't matter. And when we talk right, about when we it. talk about averages, they don't always tell the full story. You actually have to dive deep into game by game scenarios and see how effective Match-ups. somebody is. Matchups against the fourteen Celtics. points in the regular season is an upper echelon role player to you. Yeah. How many of those points are at the line? No, no, he's not a guy that's just drawing fouls. But I'm like saying, that. but you have to dive in and actually look at the numbers and mm-hmm. how many were at the line, how many were in the open court. It's not 14 points per game on average can be manipulated a variety of different ways. How effective were you in changing the course of the game? <laughs> and more times than not, he is a non-factor. But actually, I do want to point out in 74 games, he only made less than 10 points 15 times. I just did a general count. Okay. No, no. Was he shooting from the field? I think that that that's a testament to like his efficiency. Uh, What's his efficiency? And then I, but, but let from me ask something. Field? Are we are we judging him off his contract or just? No, basketball? I don't care. Listen, at the end of the day, I'm 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 throwing 500. the I'm throwing the forty million dollars in there just to say that he's getting paid a lot. But I'm not I'm not knocking him <clears> for getting that contract. I'm simply saying, based on the quote that he gave. You would think he was a lot more effective in the in the course of a game, in the course of a season, uh, in the course of a series than he actually is. I'm not going to knock somebody for ever getting their their money and finessing the system. I'm here for it. 
but let's not go ahead and make it seem like you're the second coming of Jesus Shuttlesworth <laughs> and you're out here really changing the course of the game. You're not. Mm -hmm. You're you're inconsistent and sometimes most of the time, half the time, a non-factor. And that's really what it comes down to for me. Thanks. Hey. Hey, nah, Ashley's not yeah, gonna take it easy on you, boy. <laughs> she is not gonna take it easy on you. <laughs> well, now look, I want to talk the 76ers now, though, right? Because I mean, the latest reports are also saying too that James Harden. There's still a strong possibility that James Harden returns to Houston. So, I can imagine at this point, it's either you know the 76ers resign James Harden, or you, you know they they look to potentially uh, maybe sign and trade him, right, and get something in return. But if you're if you're um, the 76ers right now, Antoine, are you com are you committing to Tobias Harris and James Harden? Because what does it essentially do is kind of put you in the luxury tax. We know what that does and, and whatnot. But like it, it'd be a big commitment to commit to all all of those guys that are basically were all on the team last year. I feel like you would be doubling down to chase just another championship. It, it, do you think they should commit to both of those two? It's tough. Um, I think we had. I think what Philly has to can you get over the hump with James Harden? I think you have to. Is that he's the guy? Can he be the guy to get you over the hump? Mm -hmm. That's the conversation I'm having with my MVP and B. Does he feel like that's a great running mate for him? I want to have that conversation with him first of all. And if he feels like Harden is the guy with him and he trusts, he trusts Harden. Then I'm gonna go with him. My my thing is this: we saw Harden in Houston, and when he was the man, he couldn't get past Golden State and put a team around him. Now we're watching him now in Philly wouldn't be, and now they seem like they can't get to the finals. So mm -hmm. it just depends, you know. It's not it's nothing against him. You know, Harden's a great talent, a great player, but he coming up on a situation now. Are you going to pay him for three more years, three or four more years, at a big number, at thirty plus a year, and and you don't get over the hump? So those it's a major decision to make. I just go with the track record, and if I feel like I'm not better than the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, I mean I have to make a move. Yeah. That's what Philly has to do. They have to decide: Can we beat the Boston Celtics? Can we beat, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks in a seven-game series with the, the way our roster is already put, is put together? Because mm -hmm. you ain't gonna have much wiggle room yeah. with all these guys. You gotta think about. You got three guys. I think Tobias Harris making big money, yeah. and B's making big money, Hard's making big money. So who are you gonna be able to add to this team? Maxie's coming up on a deal. You gotta take care of him. Yeah. So it's, can this group get over the hump? That's the decision that they have to make with Nick Nurse. Can I get this group over the hump? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know that. That's something that they have to look in, and, and know if, if they're going to be able to do that. Harden ain't getting any younger. He's getting older now. This is a guy who's a you know one-on-one -on -one player. Um, does he fit the system and style that Nick Nurse wants to play? All those things factor when you're moving forward because this is a different coach. It's not going to just come and run the same system that Doc Rivers ran. He's going to run a totally different system. Right. Can he? Does he fit well into your system? So yeah. all that stuff would be interesting thing, but it's big numbers though. You know, Harden has put up numbers. He's going to demand a big salary. Mm -hmm. Depends if they feel like they can get over the hump with him and get to the championship. I just don't. I just don't believe in James Harden anymore. <coughs> I just, I just don't know if he's the piece that the 76ers team needs to take them over the hump. It, mm -hmm. it became clearer than ever before in that last series. Your MVP is down, you're next man up, and you couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. You you did it once and you couldn't do it again. It's it's the lack, it's not the lack of skill. Yes, his game is a, has changed a little bit, but the skill is still there. It's the lack of consistency. And I don't know if the lack of consistency is because his game has changed in aspects, mm -hmm. or the lack of consistency is because he just doesn't care. Yeah. 
And there are times when him and Embiid are on the court together and you can almost see that Embiid sees the lack of caring from mm -hmm. James Harden and is frustrated by it mm -hmm. and is annoyed by it. I don't know how you combat that. It seems his game has lost a lot of its substance. It's a lot of flash. It's a lot of dribbling. It's a lot of cool handles, but it's there's no meat to it when you need there to be meat to it. Mm -hmm. And there was a part where there was a moment where he left Brooklyn, he went to Philly and you said, okay, this might be the situation he needs to get back to James Harden of Houston. Right. You know, he was hurt in Brooklyn. The situation behind the scenes just was a disaster. This might be what he needs. He's going into a stable situation. Doc Rivers was there at the time. The team, the 76ers as a whole, yeah, they may need to fine tune some things, but it was a solid team. It was a functioning team. And he still wasn't able to make it work. Not only from a team standpoint, but as an individual, was not able to make it work. I don't know how you can see that if you're a Philly and say, this is the guy that we want to keep here, that we should go ahead and take another gamble on this. I don't see how this works. Mm -hmm. So if it became, if it, to me, if it's James Harden or Tobias Harris, I say Tobias only because James Harden hurts you more when he's inconsistent than Tobias, because Tobias is inconsistent, mm -hmm. solid, but inconsistent. Yeah. It doesn't hurt you as much as when James Harden's inconsistent. You can feel his inconsistency a lot more. I don't. I think Philly and James Harden, this relationship, I think it's hit a dead end. I don't mm. think it can go anywhere else. Do you think it ends like the 29th, like tomorrow? I don't know, because Daryl Morey's like in love with him. Uh -huh. So maybe he stays. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> they have a bromance, so maybe uh -huh. he stays. Will it be for the betterment of the 76ers? Mm -hmm. No, it will be strictly off the strength of his relationship with Daryl Morey. Yeah. Because if you're looking at it from a, from a mindset of does this work, to me, I don't see how you can look at last season and say this works. Yeah, it, yeah. it just, I don't see how you can say that. So... No, no, no. Antoine, is next year make or break for the 76ers? In the in the scenario that James Harden stays, do you give him one more oh, year and then break up this roster? Um, yeah, I mean you got because obviously you got some top heavy guys that are that are making you know max money. That that makes it really really difficult to continue to improve your team, to improve the bench. So if you're gonna, you know, you got a young guy Maxi who looks like he can be a star put into even a bigger role. Yeah. Um, obviously, we know MB, this is MB's prime year. How many more years? MB's the guy that's been injured throughout his career. How many more years do he have at the level, at the MVP level? Yeah. You know, you may be talking about one or two more years at that level. You know, I'm just basing how how his body has been. Mm -hmm. he's, he's injury prone. You know, he can stand, he may, he may, he may, win, he may miss some time. Yeah. And then Harden is getting older too. I mean, let's, let's, he's not, you know, Harden is a, a ball usage guy. He's been, you know, a ball dominant guy, can he change his game and allow somebody else to come along? Can he play a different way? See, sometimes when you only can play one way, it, it, it kind of hurts you yep. uh, in a lot of sense. And that's that's kind of, we saw this with Melo, when Melo had to come off the bench is because he's a scoring guy. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So when that's why he's had trouble sometimes when he, you saw Melo towards the end of the career, they had to bring him off the bench and find different ways where he can be effective because he's such a unique score. Mm. It's the same thing with Harden. He's a unique score. So he, you know, it's only so it's only one way he knows how to play. Yeah. And if that's that's the, if you want to still wait on that and believe that way can win, then that's up to the Philadelphia 76ers to to decide. But the window is very small. I'm talking about maybe one 
maybe give it a shot again one year, see if Nick Nurse can change some things around. Yeah. Um, but it's not something you can hold on to for multiple years. It's, it's, it's coming to an end mm. if they don't get over the hump. Do you think Joel Embiid finishes his career at 76 or do you think he, you know, he no. goes elsewhere? No, you think he, he finds a new home? I just think that his frustration with the process is wearing thin. Yeah. He's seen different um, versions of this process and none of them have worked. So eventually you hit, there's only so much a front office can do, right? You can't mm -hmm. force certain players to go to Philly and certain players are already co contracted to play elsewhere. So with that said, he's going to look at the landscape of the NBA and see which team better suits him and his desires, mm -hmm. which team will reap the benefits of his skill set. Um, and I think that time may be coming sooner rather than later. I mean, how many years do you give the process to work? Mm -hmm. How many different renditions of the process do you wait for? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he's, he's not, I don't think he, and to add to, I, I think Embiid's not going to, I don't think Embiid's going to play another five, six years. I just don't think, I think with yeah. his injuries, his body, I don't, I think he probably has another good three, three years, maybe four years left in him, but he's not a guy that's going to play, I think, 20 years in the NBA. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so you got to take advantage of this right now while he's playing at a very, very high level. So you got to do whatever it takes to see if you can get, get your, get your championship. He's that good of a player. Wow, so, only three, four years you think Embiid has left? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because he's too injury prone for me. You think about it. Wow. Look at his career. Look at his career. And look look at his body and look at his career. So I mean, I, I think just... I think that's also related to the situation in Philly. You think if he goes someplace else, a team that is a little bit better functioning, that, that wouldn't extend the longevity of his career? It could. It depends on how, what role he plays. Is it an MB that's going to that you're going to need him to play 35, 40 minutes a night, or is it a situation where he can get down to 30 minutes a night? Is 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 it? That's that's what it, I think. The wear and tear on his body. Does he need to play 65 games in the season so you can make the playoffs? Mm. I mean, this, those are things. How much wear? You know, depends on what type of team he joins. If you want a team with a grind where you got to play, you need him to play 75 games to make the playoffs. And to get a decent seed, now you're getting to play. That's the wear and tear on his body. I think I don't think he has that many more years left in him. Yeah, I mean he's been hurt a lot. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean you make some good points there. So I mean, hopefully he holds up because I want to see a little bit more of the MVP. I think he can capture a couple more. MVPs That's a take. I season. I had him playing at least. He's only 29. I had him playing at least eight more years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but we talking about a seven footer. No, right? he's never gonna get the eight more years. Really? He's not gonna get the eight more years. No. No. He's been playing for a long time. How long do you think Anthony Davis has left then? <laughs> yeah, he probably if we're talking two, huh? injury prone. Honestly, if, if, if Joel Embiid got four or five, then Anthony Davis AD be should be done. retiring AD tomorrow. He's he going to retire halfway through next season. <laughs> halfway through next season. <laughs> <laughs> he probably got a couple more. A couple more, too. Jeez. Yeah, probably a couple more. Yeah, we'll see. You got to think, guys, you can, you can still play and steal money, but I'm talking. Not like steal money. <laughs> I mean, towards the end, we all try to steal money. Any player try to steal money. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the end, if you can, if you can steal a, a year or two, that's good. But I'm talking about playing at the highest level and competing for championships, those windows are small for those guys. Yeah. It's, it's small because you got you to, gotta, one, continue to put the right team around them, and then they have to play at the level like, you know, MB just played at the MVP level. Yeah. So you got to look at that too. Yeah. Yeah, no, you made some points there. But all right, moving on, moving on. Hey, Antoine, we got some more KD social media drama. 
And this time his victim, <laughs> yeah, this time his victim was Jason McIntyre on his podcast, Straight Fire. He kind of uh, talked through his his uh, his situation or exchange rather with KD. We got a video here. Let's take a look at it. Once you say something nice about someone, they reply, okay, I see you. Then when you say something not so nice, you get this. You're such a clown. You don't even like sports. You look like a drama major. I don't, I don't know what that means. I've never taken an acting class in my life. I said to KD, one of the 15 best players in the history of the NBA squabbling with anonymous fools in a comment section, it was never your brand when you won the MVP and two titles and finals MVPs. Why pivot that way now? He just got personal. You're a fool, blah, blah, blah. He used the P word to describe me. He calls me broke boy. Doesn't address any of it. Doesn't address why he would argue about being top five. And again, I'm a Kevin Durant guy. Well, Jay, how are you a Kevin Durant guy if you're saying he's an idiot for battling guys in the comment section of, of a Twitter spaces? Well, time out. This isn't black and white. You love this guy, you hate this guy. You can like someone and totally disagree with something they're doing. Are we really at the state where you have to be 100% all behind somebody or 100% against somebody? It doesn't work like that. So bottom line, I still like Kevin Durant, even though he's calling me all these names. He's hurt. I get it. Life will go on. <laughs> okay, so uh, quick synopsis. Right. Um, Jason, the day before, on his podcast, I believe, or it was on with Colin Cowherd, one of those, he basically um, was talking about Katie in the Twitter spaces and said that he needs to get a life and you know, why are you in the comments, you know, mm -hmm. defending yourself and da 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 X, Y, and Z, whatever he said in the interim. But basically the premise was he needs to get a life. Mm -hmm. So Katie caught wind of this and DM'd um, Jason saying that he was a clown and all this stuff. Jason then tries to goof him, goof him tries to bait him into like a full-blown conversation about like basketball takes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Katie didn't take the bait. He called him a broke boy. <laughs> He called them a another name for a cat. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and all these things. Jason got offended by that, went on his podcast, screenshotted the, the DMs, released them, and says, Katie's calling me all these names. And that's what that whole clip <coughs> of that podcast is about. Um, I mean... I mean, we, we talked we talk, we talk <laughs> about this the other day, though, right? Uh -huh. like, like, just why is, yeah. why is KD so involved with all of these these people on social media? He's like, a Virgo. I kind of I, mean, I kind of see. I don't care. I, I don't know nothing about no damn Virgo or none of that. <laughs> besides that, I, I think he's too good of a player. He's one of the greatest, greatest basketball players to ever play the game. I don't know where you guys got KD ranked at, but he'll be in my top twenty best players to ever play forever. I mean, it's just a unique skill set at seven feet that that we hadn't seen before. So I don't I don't want to take anything away from his basketball ability. I don't understand why he continues to get involved with these media people and care about their comments. They're not going to stop you from being a Hall of Famer. You're an NBA champion, mm -hmm. um, and you're trying to win a title in Phoenix. You're trying to do something special for that organization. Just play. I don't understand why he, he – I can't even put my finger on it, why he really wants to – you know, because if it was me, I would catch up at the game personally. That's when I want to have this conversation. Yeah, right. No, I wouldn't fight him. <laughs> Let him know what's I, up. I had man. a situation. Um, you guys probably don't know. You know, y'all kind of young. Y'all remember Bob Ryan, the great beat writer for the uh, for the Celtics? Yes. In New England. I know this story. Yeah, so he said some things to me before. But I, I got I, I was able to get to him face-to-face. -face. Mm. It's different when you I, I, I address it face-to-face. -face. Obviously, social media wasn't like it was 
um, now, but I was able to address it face to face and and express my dislikes and what I didn't like what he said. He said what he had to say, and we left it at that. But that was, that gave me satisfaction. I think that's the same thing with KD. Just if I was him, I'll just put it in my memory bank. He may be one of these games one day. I'm gonna see him at a game, and then you catch him. But just doing it, going back and forth with him, you ain't gonna win with him. You just I, it's, it's impossible to win. Right. right. I ain't gonna lie, Antoine. I kind of want to know the details of this story, man. <laughs> what, did, what did the reporter say? What, what, what information yeah, what did happened? you put out there? You, you got me, got me curious now. <laughs> well, about me? Yeah. Oh, you know, he was a beat writer, so he followed the team. So he just started, you know, it's a difference. He started talking about my personal life. So I told uh -huh. him, I said, listen, let's just keep it in the essence of basketball. If I go uh -huh. one for 15, talk bad about it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't care about that. But he started getting into my personal life and things of that nature. So I just had to, I stopped him in his track. So I could understand how some media could get under your skin sometimes. But I just think for KD, he's just too good of a player. Um, and these situations, they're going to talk about him. It doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, and he brought a little bit of these things on himself. I mean, he made a bold move. We all know that from OKC going to play with two other Hall of Famers and guys that beat you in the playoffs. Or he made a competitive move. So all people yeah, were upset about that move, but it worked out to be great. He won him two championships. He's a final MVP, and he's, he's finishing off a great career. So I just think he got a – some of these guys don't deserve your energy. I just wish he wouldn't give it to them. I'm like 60-40 on this. I think that 60% <coughs> of me, I agree with Antoine, that he just needs to kind of just like get off his phone. Um, just put it down. Just put it down. <laughs> just put the phone down. 40% of me thinks, though, I understand some of the thinking because people talk about Katie crazy. <laughs> Like, and I think that it gets to a point, for example, the Twitter space was a choice that he made, agree or disagree. Jason went on his platform and was like, oh, he needs to get a life. Don't be such a loser. Da, 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 da. Like all this stuff. Right. So in Katie's mind, well, why is it OK for you to get on your platform and bash me and call me names? And then when I do publicly. Let's yeah. let's remember, let's look at the, the facts here. He did it publicly. Yeah. Katie DM'd him privately and, then made and was going at it. Yeah, Jason then right. made it public by point. releasing those point. DMs. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good point. So if you can't even defend yourself privately, when can I defend myself? Because it's not like Katie went on Twitter and was like, at Jason McIntyre, you're a bum, you're a clown, keep right. my name out right. of your mouth. Yeah. It was a private conversation that Jason made right. public. So, okay, if I can't defend myself publicly because people look at me like, oh, get off of Twitter, stop having Twitter fingers. Now I can't do it public. I mean, privately, yeah. it's my fault that he released it. That's That was his decision to release it and to make another podcast about it. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, I don't disagree with Katie. If you're going to defend yourself privately, mm -hmm. that's no different than Antoine going up to the beat writer and defending himself. Now, if the beat writer went ahead and wrote a story about that conversation, is that Antoine's fault? Yeah, no. No, I went to you man to man privately, had a conversation with you. You took that conversation and made it public the minute you wrote a story about that. That's no longer my fault. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, I have to agree with KD. Like, do I always agree with him publicly going on Twitter and, and going back and forth with people? No. I think that he's reached a level of status he shouldn't even be worrying about that mm -hmm. but when it comes to privately addressing your your beefs with people he has every right to do that and it's the decisions of the people on the under, other end of that looking almost for clout and for their 15 minutes of like oh kd i got him riled up 
in my DMs <laughs> that make it public. Yeah. And some will say, well, if you know that's going to be the outcome, then don't DM him. But it's every much in his right to have a private conversation with someone. Jason wanted his 15 minutes and he got him. Yeah. That's it's not KD's a fault. Point, huh? That's a great point, Don. I think about that. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, Antoine, I'm with you. I, I didn't think of it that way. Who, who, no, I was saying? just saying he's clearly just cloud chasing. Yeah. Like, if anything, we just... I would, if I was KD, I wouldn't even message him at all. Who's clout chasing? Jason. The guy. It's, yeah. That's yeah. clear clout. Yeah. He posted the screenshots right. on Twitter on a podcast oh, yeah. like he was Mariah Mills. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he was Mariah. <laughs> it's like that's something. That's like insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're screenshotting. You mean screensho- the legend? We're, D- we're screenshotting DMs now as grown yeah, men. That, yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's what women do. I'm a woman yeah. and I've never even done that. <laughs> I have never screenshotted a DM. I've never screenshotted a DM and put it on Instagram <laughs> or Twitter. <laughs> unless unless it was like funny. Like uh-huh. I've oh, so we had the caveat. No, there. like I've screenshotted unless. a DM of like a crazy pickup <laughs> right. line and put covered it in my name, and put it yeah, covered the at name and put it in my story and been like, LOL, look at this. But I've never but I have never in my life like had a full-blown conversation with somebody. Like full blown conversation mm-hmm. with someone, a private conversation, but via text message, DM, mm-hmm. and put that out on social media. That's an, that's an insane thing. <laughs> that's in, so insane to me, no, and it's it even really more is. insane as a grown man to do that. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, this ain't grown man activity. I take that. Much. Yeah, yeah, no. no, not at all, not at all. Yo, you mentioned Mariah Mills. I saw something this morning that she got Zion's name tatted on her face. I saw that. Did you see that? Is that real? I, yeah, that's what I wanted to know. I want to know if that was real. Uh, let me let me see. It I could mean, be a joke. Isn't that just, crazy? I oh, that's what I don't know if anybody. Oh, I got really BC confirming that it. He confirmed it. Oh, okay, I'll that's throw weird. you under that bus. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. All right, yeah, moving on, guys. Zion's also a biblical name, so maybe she was. It was a Bible reference. Yeah, she she need a Bible right about now. <laughs> oh no, I got reports that she was trolling him. So that was fake. Uh, yeah, I mean, but like, why are you even doing that, right? What you're asking the woman who went on a week long rampage on Twitter full-blown having a conversation with herself basically yeah. why she got a fake tattoo of zion's name on her face she's not all there starting to feel bad for zion right bro what to even be tied to somebody like that and then they doing this that's, that's embarrassing that, you make I, bad you young you make bad decisions you pick a couple bad ones in the, in the, in the, in the mix sometimes yes. hey man assets man. and liabilities that's what i always tell people treat women like you your know. treat women men like your bank account if it's not an asset it's a liability get uh, rid of it uh, that was oh, a great wow. one that was a bar just yeah that was saying. a bar that was damn that's strong you, i'm just right, saying right Yo, if it ain't one. adding it's subtracting Yo, <laughs> that's yeah, all yeah. i know <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's crazy that's crazy hey i got i got something else for you though Antoine. i want to get your thoughts on this skip bayless he says he's worried that greg popovich could potentially break down victor Wimbayama in his time there we got the tweet here this is what skip said he said greg popovich isn't going to like it that he's now the second biggest star in san antonio he will soon make it tough on Wimby. Break the kid down so he can take credit for building him back up. Hope Wimby doesn't go Kawhi on Pop and say enough of this. Oh, my God. That's a crazy take. I mean, Anton, what's your thoughts on this? Do you agree with Skip? Um, I don't think so. And I think Popovich is the, per- the perfect coach for him. He's going he's gonna to for- he's gonna force him to play hard. He's going to make him work on his game. He's going to hold him accountable. Um, that's what you should want, especially as a young player. I played for some demanding coaches. I played for Rick Pitino. I played for Pat Riley. Those guys are demanding coaches that make you work. 
and make you earn everything. And, and Popovich is in that category. So why wouldn't you want to play for a Hall of Fame coach, somebody with his statues, one championship, who's coached two of the greatest big men to ever play the game, and Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's actually a win-win for, for Big Fellow, for Victor, Absolutely. to be able to play for a guy like Popovich, because he knows how to handle big men on the basketball court, and he knows how to handle superstars. Yeah. Skip is dramatic. Uh, um, now, is there some truth to what Skip said? Yes. But is that going to happen with Wemby? No. When we interviewed um, Steven Jackson, Big Stack, um, for the first episode of I Am Athlete, we spoke about this very thing. Mm-hmm. And we also spoke about the interview he did with uh, Matt Barnes on All the Smoke with DeJounte Murray mm-hmm. when he before he left, when he was traded to um, whole, Atlanta. Yeah. There is a the Spurs organization does give a harder time and try to break down certain type of players, but those players aren't Victor mm-hmm. when Bianca. Those are players like like Stack who may not come from the most you know desirable locations, and you know they have a little bit of a backstory. They try to break them down and rebuild them to implement the Spurs way, if you will, kind mm-hmm. of like how the Patriots do in New England. But that's not going to be the case with Wemby. Mm-hmm. He's an international player. The Spurs and Popovich absolutely love international players. And Stack himself said Tony Parker never had that problem. Mm-hmm. Ginobili have never had that problem in the Spurs mm-hmm. organization. So while there is some truth, that only applies to certain players. Yeah. And Wemby is not that type of player. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, Antoine, because you know Summer League you know, comes is coming around soon. What mm-hmm. I wanted to know is, because taking taking from what happened to, to Chet Holmgren last year, if you're the Spurs, are you playing um, Victor Wembayama in the summer league? Like, is this is it worth getting him up to speed with like NBA speed or maybe you know some young guys for real? Because those are normally the teams that are in the summer league. But um, yeah, is that something that you're willing to do, or is it too risky seeing what happened with Chet Holmgren last year? Um, it depends. I think if, if it's specific things on his body you, you want to work on, um, and most of these teams practice really hard before they head to summer league, they usually, you know, practice for a week. That may be the time that we get a chance to look at him. We just have him in regular practice and you may not play him in Vegas, but what makes him an exception to the rule? We can see every other number one pick play. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, we've seen, you know, so put it, put him in a fire and see what it is. You don't have to play on big minutes. You can play on sparingly minutes. You can decide however you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put him on a minute. I like I like a minute restriction, mm-hmm. just getting his feet wet. You know, any type of type of situation. Um, well, play him a couple games and shut him down. We've seen that a lot where where teams let guys play two three games and then they shut him down for yeah. the rest of the summer league. Yeah. So that's something that you want to do. But I don't think he should be an exception to the rule of, of being able to play. I mean, this is number one pick in the draft. I mean, obviously as a fan, we want to see him play as well, and I'm sure they want to see what they got too. It depends on how the practice is going. If you're going to have real intense practices to get leading up to that and you've seen enough as an organization what he can do and what you got to work on with him, then obviously you don't have to play him in summer league. But if you want to get a little taste of it, a little feel, you don't have to give him the whole summer league to play. Just make him play two, three games yeah. and see where he's at. And, you you know, you can shut him down after that. Yeah. Come in because you always got preseason, right? For sure, like, yeah. What's really the difference between – I mean, you, you're a guy who played in the NBA. What's really the difference between summer league – and preseason, what, like what's what's the difference there? What are the coaches using those times for? Well, the summer league is, is for guys trying to make the team. You're trying to find that, you know, that 10th, 11th, 12th guy. Okay. And maybe if you got a rookie um, that you want to see play, give, give him some um, playing time and try some, it's, it's for trying different things with your young players. Uh, training camp is totally different because that's full of blast. All mm-hmm. the veterans are in. 
you coming in for ready to go. I mean, you're implementing your style of play. You implement plays. You want players to be ready to go um, when you get to white when you get to veterans camp. So summer league is an experimental time, and you can you can mess around with a lot of different things, and you don't have to worry about it because the games are not meaningful. Coaches don't care about winning or losing. They may just want to see something. They may play you out of position. Yeah. They may tell one to be the. They may tell Victor to be the point guard. I mean, I know it's, it's probably not going to happen, but yeah. those type of things happen in the summer league. You just, you, you're trying to figure out different things. Once you get to veterans camp, no, it's, it's all business. Then you're trying to, you're trying to build some, you're trying to find rotations. You're trying to find a good mixture of players that can play together. Um, but I think with Victor, obviously I think they're going to be very careful. You got to think Popovich is coach centers. I think he could have went to a better spot, you know, having mm-hmm. David Robinson and Tim Duncan, he's coached those type of ball players, centers and guys with um, high expectations. Yeah. sort of say for the season he's he's one of the best coaches that knows how to handle that and y'all know Popovich is going to take a lot of pressure off him mm-hmm. you know that Popovich sure. is going to be in the media he's going to keep the media off of him he's going to do everything he can to protect his young kid so he'll get all the opportunity to to grow into being a star mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hey with him training with Derrick Henry's uh training yeah. now I don't even think injury going to be a concern oh yeah you didn't you didn't get to see Antonis at the top don't of the show small. yeah but Victor, Victor Wimbayama he's training with Derrick Henry's trainer so you know, maybe he'll work on his body, huh? Yeah, yeah. He'll work on his body. So maybe he'll be able to pack on a couple pounds and whatnot. But uh, yeah, anything for Antoine, though, before we let him go? Ashley? Real quick, we have some breaking news from Adam Schefter. As of an hour oh. ago, a handful of NFL players, including Colts cornerback and kick returner Isaiah Rogers, are expected to receive a season long suspension this wow. week for allegedly gambling. So we can dive into nice. that. Some into more depth tomorrow when we get some information. But a handful of NFL players, not just all from one team. As you guys know, the Detroit Lions are also dealing with a handful of their players missing six games in the upcoming season for gambling. Now we are our information is coming out. There is going to be a year long season long suspension for a handful of additional players. Like I said, including Colts cornerback and kick returner Isaiah Rogers. Yikes. Was it sports? This is sport betting? Sports, sports betting. betting. Yeah, for gambling. Yeah. Sports be- betting, uh, I would assume. It says gambling, but yeah. I'm assuming it's sports betting. We'll get more information on this probably tomorrow. But nice. um, Fellas, don't bet. That's going to be <laughs> tough. Period. Oh, all right, that's a wrap, everyone. Antoine, of course, it was a pleasure having you on as uh-huh. always. I'm Corey in the cut. Ashley Nicole Moss. I got Wu out west. I got BC in the booth. And Mysterious Mander Legend is somewhere... Somewhere in somewhere. this world. Yeah, somewhere in this world. <laughs> but, um, but yep, that's it for today. So next time, good people, we'll see you later. Bye, y'all. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.